On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are heading back to Hawkins for the very long-awaited fourth season of Netflix's Stranger Things, taking to the skies with Kaylee Cuoco in season two of The Flight Attendant on Sky, and reliving the horrors of Freshers Week with that wee English fella in Big Boys on Channel 4. Plus, this week's guest is none other than Indira Varma, who stops by the show to talk Obi-Wan, Game of Thrones, and more. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your weekly guide to every new show that matters, and the occasional one that doesn't. This is episode 187, the police code for murder. But I would like to state, for the record, that that is entirely coincidental and in no way connected to the fact that Beth is not with us this week. She is alive and well and living in the south of France. Uh, but as a result of that, however, my long-suffering co-host Boyd and I were in need of a replacement, the criteria for which was very simple, just someone who watches a shitload of telly and holds me in absolute contempt. And we found someone who fit the bill. So hailing from the seat next to Boyd in the heat office. We are joined today by a woman who, and this is absolutely true, does have an IMDb page and listed upon it are two entries, oh including one for documentary Most Annoying People 2009, in which she simply plays self. It's Kay Ribeiro. Kay, tell us, please, who was the most annoying person in 2009? It was Chris Brown. Was it? That, Chris Brown yeah, won. Chris Brown won. An understatement, if yeah. anything. Wow. I mean, Chris Brown won. James Dyer too. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. That's fair. Did you know me in two thousand and nine? Unfortunately, I did. Yeah, I think you probably we did. Go, we go yeah. way back. We do go very, very. You probably far weren't back. talking to each other. No, almost certainly no, not. Studiously ignoring each other. Yeah, yeah. I was just a twat in the kitchen. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. As you were known. Well, as you... I was known. Well, actually, what I was actually known as alliterated rather more directly with the yes. word kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, yes, twat is an understatement. Yeah, I was the kitchen. <clears throat> but. Uh, uh, yes, apparently I was I was quite brusque in the kitchen while making my morning tea, and so the the girls on heat dubbed me the kitchen. I used to defend you actually. I have Thank to say you, that Kay. I did, and then I got to know you a bit more, and then I stopped. And you're like, you know yeah. what? They were right. He absolutely <laughs> is one. Uh, I, I'm I'm apologise for doing that. Okay, well, so so tell us about yourself. Tell us about yourself, Kate. You are obviously an incredibly long-standing fan of the Pilot TV podcast. So, uh, <laughs> oh, so, so, don't uh, go there. <laughs> Do not go there. Um, no, <laughs> I I am a fan of you guys and what you do. And yes, yeah, so you asked me to fill in um, while Beth was away. And I said I, I would do that because it would make you welcome her back even more. You'll sure. be grateful for her return. You'll, yeah. tr- you'll be even more respectful of her, I'm sure. And I do like TV. I don't watch as much as Boydo, I have no to say. No one so, as much as Boydo. No, he's like a TV machine. Yeah. Like, as you said, we've worked together for, what, 100 years, Boydo? And... Um, so I've seen him do this yeah. podcast for ages. He's never invited me on. So thank you, James. Thanks <laughs> oh, for having don't me. Don't pretend you've been you've been waiting for me to invite you on. That's it, I mean, that's it took it. you about I would say I'm guessing about ten days to decide whether to accept this. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. I asked you a week ago. It took you five days yeah. to come back and reluctantly yeah. agree to do this. Yeah. I did. So. Well, when I said I agree, when I agreed to do it, you said. You would provide snacks. That was a proviso. Oh, and look, actually, oh James, God. where are the snacks? I did. I did promise to provide snacks. And I, I, I that was liar. in good faith. I meant to do it. And mm-hmm. then I forgot. Oh. So actually, just to set the scene, all James has in front of him is a Diet Coke for himself. So that is actually true. Completely selfish. I would give you biscuits, but the only biscuits I own are the ones I steal from your desk. So that might be a bit of a problem. Poor show, James. Yeah, Poor show. that is a bad show. Okay, right. So, so, so we, need to, we need to sort of set some, some sort of baseline, some foundation here. So have you ever watched The Expanse? No. Excellent. What are your top five? Have you TV ever heard show? of this? Have you ever heard of the Expanse? No. Okay. Great. Uh, you're 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 feeling. I'm very best. selective about what I watch. That's fair. <laughs> that is well. not true. Uh, yeah. You're oh, feeling you're feeling best here, perfectly here. What are your top five favourite shows so that we may judge you? Ooh. Okay. At the moment, um, 
Well, I'm going to talk about that. Chivalry, Derry Girls, um, the other one. Um, I'm going to give James, you one. James, do I know what the other one I is? I don't. I don't know what it is because it's a sitcom on oh, a mainstream gosh. TV channel. Oh my god, I love. Com- do you not love comedy? Oh, this but, is going to be so. What is that? Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, come, right. So that's three. Right. Give us another two. Fine. Um, what else? What else do I love? Oh, like old classics like The West Wing, which. <laughs> See, see, and this is this is the common ground upon this which we can bond. bond yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the Kardashians. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I just did. I threw that in. I mean, I do like. I do like to watch it, but yeah. 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 Got to have a palate cleanser. So you watch a lot of TV, you're just not very discerning, right? Okay, we've, we've established this. We've established this. Ooh, it's good. Living it's up good. to his, yeah, his yeah, nickname upstairs. Mm-hmm. Jay also discovered the West Wing. I mean, you were quite late on board on the West Wing. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, right? A year late. A year. A year late. Kay was like, how long after the whole thing had actually finished did you I discover mean, it? God, I don't want to say 10 years, but it was like, quite a while. It was, it was a long time. Yeah. I like to come late to the television party. That's fair. It That's became fair. a bit of a, uh, of a of a bit of a running joke that Kay would discover things some years after they initially went out, let, went out on TV. But that happens all yeah. the time now. Not that's, unlike this, Terry White of this, this very I don't, Like, I haven't watched Game of Thrones still. I mean, that's, yeah, that's... So um, that's I'll fun. leave it for another eight years. Another eight years or so. Maybe when the prequel arrives um, later this year, in fact, in the, this summer. Yeah. What's the date? August the 22nd in there the you UK. Go. Yeah, in time, you can do a Game of, Thrones, Game of Thrones watch and you can update us, like, on a weekly basis. Yeah. This, happened, this happened before. James, how many rewatches of Game of Thrones have you had in your life? Mm. I don't know that I've done loads, have I? Like, well, I watched done at least it through. Two on this no, no. So I watched it through. I watched the whole thing through when it aired, and then I did a rewatch okay. on I'm this sure podcast. But I think that's the only rewatch only I've done. One. No, it felt yeah. like two, and I've only done one rewatch of The Expanse as well. It just feels a lot more yeah, because okay. I never shut up about yeah, it. But, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna watch Game of Thrones in lockdown, and then. I just had other things to do. <laughs> Kardashians came up with a new series. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, I was just doing everything but watch it. But yeah. No, I'll get around to it and then I'll come back on our feedback. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll have you back that on. Is a we'll, do a, we'll do a debrief. Okay, yeah. this, this works for me. So, okay, and while I really do hesitate to ask this question, what have you both been watching over the past week? You go first, Boydo. Okay. Um, well, my whole week has revolved around De- Derry Girls. It has, um, yes. Um, not only was it the the last two episodes of the series, the, the sixth episode of this series, and then the special surprise seventh extra extended episode set a year later after the events when they all turn 18 in the Good Friday Agreement um, uh, is being established and they're voting on in the referendum, which was which Lisa McGillie created kept a complete surprise for everyone, mm. which is astonishing. Um, well, kept a complete surprise up until the time when she announced it several weeks before it aired. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah but I mean, she has to announce yeah, it at some right. point, yeah, exactly. James. Thank you. I mean, already classic I mean, okay. yeah. what I'm saying why, why is, are you being a ridiculous it's not like suddenly you turned on. on the TV and it was there. Like, there was a press release a few weeks ago. Like, it wasn't that yeah. much of a surprise. Right. It's like he doesn't know how TV works. Incredible, yeah. <laughs> anyway, to commemorate this this event, Channel 4 organised a screening of, yes. the, of the final two episodes. Therefore, the finale went out at, at BAFTA with luminaries from the Irish, both sides of the Irish divide and all parties all all, shi- all stripes um, of Irish politicians members of parliament that is incredible um, and uh, I got to host the Q&A afterwards with, with Lisa McGee the creator writer executive producer and it was I mean I was kind of it was quite nerve wracking for me, I mean, for her, even more because mm. she's steeped. You know, she's she's grown up with this whole thing. Mm. You know, she's lived this this life, and you know, for example, in the finale, there's there's a clip of Ian Paisley in the newsreel footage, and his son, Ian Paisley Jr., was in the audience, and you know, kind of, and and uh, I actually kind of 
I, in, a, in a kind of, I was trying to avoid anything too overtly. You know, I didn't want to get in trouble with anyone. And I, you know, I keep barely abreast of the situation. You know, and I'm aware of the Northern Ireland Protocol happening yeah. at the moment and controversy surrounding that. But I didn't want to like say anything that at all would. And 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 I was definitely aware of all these politicians kind of. I threw it open to them at the end of the Q&A to ask questions. And I referred to the fact that the Ian was shown in the thing. And I thought, oh, should I even mention that? I don't know. What is it like for Ian Paisley to watch that? And then Ian Paisley asked a question. Um, and he, he like caught my eye. They all, they're all brilliant. I've never had this at Q&A before. All the, all the different politicians, when I was like looking at it, they're all like catching my eye like they did with the Speaker in the House of Commons. Oh, wow. so it was like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. I've got Ian Paisley next. And Ian Paisley asked, and I could feel, I could sense a slight tension in Lisa. Like, what's Ian Paisley Jr. going to ask? What's he going to ask? And he said, who's your favourite character? And the dog goes, mine's Erin. And he was like, oh, amazing. amazing. Oh, wow. They absolutely loved it. All of these, like, they're all besuited, you know, grand, <laughs> grand people, mostly men, you know, a smattering of women, thank God, female MPs and members of parliament politicians. But they all lo- absolutely loved it. The response was incredible. And the questions they asked were fantastic as well. Like, And they're all saying what, what an absolutely historic show it is to genuinely reflect the reality of the political, religious situation in Northern Ireland and the history of the peace process and all of that and what's happening now. And yet it being a fucking hysterical comedy as mm. well. And they just absolutely loved it. it was, so it was kind of a brilliant thing. And she was. She must have been bowled over, oh, right? She was absolutely rolled over, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it was like, for, for the show to end, you know, with this thing, I mean, it was only, it wasn't open to the public, it was like a, you know, it was partly Channel 4, I think, trumpeting the fact that this sh- this is one of the absolute, you know, jewels in their crown. Mm. And, this, and she herself said, you know, it was the natural home for this show. There was no other natural home for the show. Um, what with the whole controversy about the government wanting to fucking privatise it and everything. Um... So, but yeah, it was it was an absolutely magical thing, and to end the series, to kind of come to culminate thing with this extraordinary screening in front of all these um, hoi polloi uh, was was amazing. Yeah, so that's what I've watched. So I watched this. I think I've watched those last episodes three times, by the way, because I watched them first, then I watched them again to take notes. And I haven't the seen them yet. Oh my I've god! I've started the sixth episode. I haven't finished yet, but obviously I haven't watched the one after that. But oh. I will have watched it by next week. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I was about to. Ma- yeah, don't no, no, no spoilers. spoilers. Oh. No, yeah, should... I can't spoil it. Kay. Right. Okay. Fine. So that's. I'm just going to say that's what I was alluding to earlier. I'm not going to spoil it for okay. you. We but... shouldn't be dropping spoilers on this podcast anyway. Okay. But well, we could warn people. People have, by the way, people have been clamouring for a spoiler special discussion of Derry Girls. So they I'm have. They have. But you know, maybe we can we can see if well, we can track I, Lisa down. All I'll say it. is, I thought Boyd was going to throw me under the bus, but <laughs> I will throw you a bus later. But yeah, yeah, uh, there, there is a there is a extraordinary cameo at the end of um, the special, which because I had terrible jet lag, as you know, James, um, I had been falling asleep sporadically through the episodes, not because they're not excellent as we know but because I was just so tired and I thought I'd watch the end of the special and I came in proudly the next day's chat to Boyd and he mentioned this really big cameo and I I was like what what do you mean (laughs) they were and he was like you doofus you haven't seen the end so I thought and what I thought was the end would have been a good end there in the polling station well is it like a post credit sting yeah it's it's a there's a a coda I would call it a coda ah okay not post credits, pre credits, but I would. In, in, I mean, it was hysterical. Like so, basically, I went. Kay, tell me she finished. I'd watched it twice already in preparation. Kay watches the finale and goes, you know, I'm discussing. And I went, what about that amazing cameo? And she literally looks at me. Like, the kind of drain from my you face. Half, you half kind of like we're going to style it out. I think and try and pretend yeah, you no. haven't seen it. <laughs> Shall I tell you what I thought had happened? I thought I'd watched the whole thing and this person had been in it and I just hadn't recognised them. Right. So I, I felt like all the colour drain from my face. I thought, oh god, shall I just say yeah, yeah? Because I can't bear for him to. <laughs> know that I haven't recognised them. And then I, I've then seen I, that face before. Yeah, exactly. He sees it every day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's he? And I got him to explain it. And I thought, oh my God, I've just blacked out. Like, yeah. But 
I don't know how they did it. So in the final scene, basically, without I'm not going to give it away. There's, there's the ending, yeah, featuring the Dairy Girls and sure. just blah 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 blah. Then it fades to black, and then there's a cut. Right, okay, and then there's something else. This okay, extra okay. Bit, so you can see how I got. So you know, preemptively just turned it off so that you could get back to state, the Kardashians. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, fine. Patiently yeah. switched it off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to move on. Yeah, yeah, can't say that. Oh, I had a lot of stuff to watch, guys. Fair enough. Yeah, that does understand. I'm very much looking forward to. It. Very yeah, much it is amazing. To. And the only other thing, funny enough, the only other thing I've had time to catch up on, which I hadn't fully finished, and I have now, is Shining Girls, Derry Girls, Shining Girls. Now, there now, are shows with all girls, the girls. That I haven't. Has watched. Shining Girls officially finished? No, no, no. It's no. Not, it's, I think we're up to about episode five, oh, or okay, six, maybe okay. in real yep, world. Yep, yep. Um, of eight, I think it's, is it eight? Yes. Um, and it's just, did you, you finished it? Didn't I you? finished it, yeah. yeah I, you I binge watched the whole the thing in a weekend, yeah. Um, it's just one of my favorite things. It's incredible. It's incredible. Mm, it is it's incredible. incredible. Um, but particular shout out to Jamie Bell, who I think is, is one of the best roles ever done. Yeah. As the main, I mean, he's the serial killer. It's not a secret. That's not a spoiler because it's completely established. Yes, from it is. Almost and the off. These. John Nugent, Empire's John Nugent, when he reviewed this, said that Jamie Bell gives spectacular Jamie Bell end. And it's absolutely <laughs> true. He really does. He really does. Uh, he He's plays brilliant. that part brilliantly. He's so creepy, and yeah, it's 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 fantastic. And Elizabeth Moss, obviously, yeah. the living legend that she is. But yeah, they're so yeah, D- uh, Derry Girls, Shining Girls, all the girls, all the girls. Mm. Okay, what have you been watching? Hi there. Well, I've already sort of alluded to them. So Chivalry, I finally finished. Did you which... ta- did you have an issue with the romance and Chivalry? When it first started, if you'd said to me when I first watched the first couple of episodes, would you say that? Um, the characters of uh, Bobby and Cameron should get together, I'd be like, ew, no, mm. right? Because sometimes Steve lapses into, for me, a little bit of partridge. Oh, and I was like, so. right. So I'd say no. But then as it as it progressed, and I saw this kind of chemistry evolving between the two, I, I'm actually down with it now. And so I listened to Boys Chat with Sarah, and I thought, yeah, I really want them to get On that. On this podcast, you mean? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you're a long-standing fan of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, James! I, one day I'll explain the situation, then everyone's <laughs> going to hate you more than they already do. Anyway, swiftly moving on. Um, yeah. Anyway, I when she was saying how she they had material for a new series, I kind of thought I really want them to get it because I want to see what happens with mm. them and how it develops. So yeah, I, I bought into it, and I. On a superficial level, I know, but I really enjoyed Bobby's wardrobe, which I don't know how you felt, James, but I particularly liked her earrings. And I've d- d- delightful. I found out mm. where they're from. So when you want to know where they're from, okay. I can tell you. Yeah. Class accessories? No. Oh, no. They're from Misoma. <laughs> £125, if you will. That's a lot for earrings. Mm. What are they? Loops or are they like No, they're little dangly things. Oh, That's the official thing. term for it. This so. could be a new regular slot on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm just telling him because you know, a birthday coming up in yeah. a few months. Yeah. Talking of Steve Coogan, I meant to say this to you, Kay, and I might as well do it now mm. on during the thing. Um uh what are you doing on June the first? <gasps> are we gonna go see him? Yes. Yes, Alan please. Partridge, Partridge Live. at the O2. June when the June the first? Yeah. I might be saying Michael Bublé, but I'll check. Well, I mean, fuck it. I mean, I mean, what well, that's right? Sophie's choice right there, isn't it? I know, right? That was a that was someone bought me tickets. So anyway, fine. Sure, they did. Um, and anything else you'd like? To, anything else you've been yes, watching? Was sorry, that okay? Yeah. There's more. There's more. Well, there's more. yeah. The um, the other one, as I mentioned before, which you haven't seen, but you should. That's actually the name of the show. You're not yes. just referring to a thing that you have not yet. No, you okay, do. Fine. I wasn't saying. Oh, yeah, the other. Sh- no, yeah. no, no, the other one. It's okay. by Holly Walsh. She was one of the co-writers of Motherland, right? And it's fantastic comedy, right? So it's about um, two half sisters called mm-hmm. Kath and Cat, and um, their dad was a bigamist. They only right. find out when he drops dead, and the will's read. <laughs> and it stars um, Siobhan Finneran, Rebecca Front, Ellie White, and Lauren Sosha. Is that how you say it? Sosha. Sosha. Yeah. Sosha. Sosha. Yeah. Sosha. 
Natasha, sure. fine. And it is just so funny. Like Holly Walsh is fantastic at creating these like comedy characters that you just get so invested in. And I'm just obsessed with it. So I previewed the, sec- uh, the second series first episode for, I think on the radio, hadn't seen the first series, went home, binged on it. And the second series, all available on iPlayer. And it's just, it is just brilliant. It's so, so good. And I'm obsessed with Holly Walsh now. I'm obsessed with the show. And I really desperately need to know if she's going to write a third series. I did mention this a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, James would have completely. I have not been entirely. Is there going to be a third? Series? Hang on. Didn't we no, do this show. exact same yeah. Abbott and Costello thing when yeah. you mentioned it? And yeah. I was like, no, what? The other, yeah. You haven't said the name of the Pretty show, much. and you were like, no, that is the name of the show. Oh no, right. you're a pink yeah. material, James. Yeah. No, but it wasn't a joke. I was literally <laughs> confused. Like, it's not even. Yeah. I'm not even attempting humour. I'd hate it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's about working because class. it's really funny. So you'd hate yeah, it. Yeah, and there are working class people in it. Um, <laughs> Good one. Uh, oh, you're being outed as a snob that you are. Oh, brilliant. I, I'm a comedy snob, not mm-hmm. a class snob. Yeah, fine. I did see Holly Walsh at the Baftas, which I've also mentioned, but I didn't ask whether there'd be another series. I'm sure oh, she boy. would love to do another series, but um, they must. It's yeah. so good. And Shavon you do not Finneran stub your toe excellent. on the name you just dropped on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really, they really do need to have another series. Yeah. I just remember the other thing I wanted to mention that I watched. Sorry, have you finished? Then you're, what, I had you're one more, but it's oh, no, fine. Go on, no, sorry. no, it's fine. Because no. I'm going to bring it down a bit because it's a bit of a depressing one. Oh, here we go. No, do it. Do, do it. Floodlights, BBC Two. Oh, yeah, you should mention that. Yeah. Um, it's about the footballer Andy Woodward and his youth coach Barry Bennell, who abused him. It's incredibly distressing and heartbreaking, but it's just so well done. And it was with um, Andy's full consent. So, and it's told from the point of view of Andy, the victim, which I haven't seen that often. You know, it's usually from the police investigation, mm-hmm. etc. And uh, Jonas Armstrong is incredible as Barry because he he kind of conveys that oiliness, um, but and the charm and like the manipulativeness, uh, how he achieved it mm. is kind of like yeah. So it was it's it's obviously gross and horrific and traumatizing, but I think it's an important watch and it obviously in. It did so much for the football industry in terms of recognising this thing. Yeah. And obviously we've had the footballer recently who's come out as gay. So it's like an amazing moment for football at the moment for progression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from that, Arsenal aren't going to... Uh, oh, no one cares about Champions that, Boyd. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> no yeah, one cares. Fair enough. Other than Arsenal, Boyd, was there another <laughs> show that you wish to mention? <laughs> yes, uh, you're going to love this. It's oh, my favourite. It's the great show on TV. It's Beat the Chasers. Oh, God, which he's has been on all week. It's been on all week um, <laughs> last oh. week. And it is absolutely... the. F- Absolutely brilliant format, as I mentioned before. Um, and this week, the highlight was in last night's one. We're recording this on Thursday. In last the Wednesday night episode, the, the format basically is that members of the public compete against the chasers. It can be against three, four, five, or even six chasers. They're all there, and the chasers are you know general knowledge trivia experts, the best quiz champions in the country. And these members, the public, have to answer. As many Why are questions. they called chasers? Um, because you chase them to try and um, beat them, to try and beat them on the in board. The, on the board, oh, it counts down. It's not like it's not like it's a knockout meets jeopardy. Like it's, no, they're like, not, you're not literally chasing you're not them. Oh, okay. so they're not playing it. No. no, okay, fair enough. And in the beat the chasers format, the members probably have to. The clock ticks down from a minute, and you have to answer as many questions as possible at the same time as then. It, you vibe, vibe. It's such an exciting, brilliant format. And in the one last night, a woman won. An American woman was on who'd moved to wherever, like somewhere like. Bristol or something. Um, she won sixty thousand pounds, and it went down to the last second. She beat them by one second, and it was phenomenal. It was Is so that the exciting. biggest cash prize that's gone out so far? No, they go up to like they often like one hundred twenty thousand. Like people have won one hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. Um. It's 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 huge, proper big, life changing money. It's, You're really obsessed with it, aren't you? It's, you it's really so, are, he talks yeah. about it all the time. That and would I lie to you? Yeah, all right. It's um. <laughs> it's a brilliant. It's a brilliant format. What can I say? Um. Yeah. So beat the chase. Beat the chasers. All right. Well, I didn't watch that. 
Surprise, what, surprise. What, what did I, you watch, James? What I did do, Kay, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> what I did was I spent the weekend watching the rest of The Time Traveller's Wife, which I oh. became mildly obsessed with Fine. last week. That's a good shout. Because I'm a great big soppy romantic and it really appealed to Are me. You? This is one of the many things you don't know about me. But yes, it's absolutely true. Uh, and however, 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 I have concerns, issues, problems. So To do with the show or generally? <laughs> generally, oh, but, yeah, but specifically to do with the show. Uh, so the show is six episodes long. Mm-hmm. I got to the end of the six episodes and was just like, huh. And then I went looking for the remaining episodes. That's not a good sign. And I was like, there are no more episodes. And then I went online, and I'm not the only one who's done this, because I read the Radio Times review of this, and the Radio Times actually say in their review, of the six out of eight episodes that were made available to press, except it was not six out of eight episodes, there are only six episodes. Are you episodes. sure? Have you double-checked I have double-checked. I checked with HBO. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I went to the source. Took I, it to the top. I even went online, and, and the reason I feel relatively comfortable talking about this is because it has been, uh, it's been reported, like they have actually discussed Theo James and Rose Leslie talked about this in an interview someone pointed out why doesn't the show have a fucking ending <laughs> like what happened because they don't finish the book they don't finish the book they get about two thirds of the way through the book and the show stops and and they were like oh you know we're hoping we'll get commission to make more and it's like I'm sorry what <laughs> I, what you hope you hope you'll get commission to make where's my ending I was really really like invested in this romance this relationship and there's no fucking ending wait I zoned out for a sec right <laughs> so they didn't do the whole book they have not adapted the right, whole book that they should have not be allowed no, that should not be allowed That's 100% ridiculous. they've adapted no. two thirds of a I'm book I'm now refusing to watch it yeah two thirds of it and then it stops and the problem is it's like, I don't know what the ratings obviously have, have or are being because it's ongoing like but it hasn't had great reviews even though I rather loved it so my concern is we're not going to get a season two and I will never never never, ever ever find out what happened so I then ended up going on fucking down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and reading the synopsis of the book just so that I could find out how it ended because I just thought I cannot wait in the uncertain future where this may or may not get picked up I've got a thought why don't you buy the book that would have taken too long. Okay. Like, I managed to get through it on Wikipedia in under a minute, and that was fine. But so, so, so Ruth Niffenegger, who wrote the book, she wrote a sequel to this as well. So I was wondering whether they were going to plan to try and like, if they get another season, like do that and then go straight into the sequel. But like, there, there are echoes of how this is going to end. Like, there's this foreshadowing, like heavy foreshadowing, because obviously it's timey wimey, isn't it? And <laughs> and 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 see, see how I just casually drop in Dot Who references yeah. like I know what I'm talking I about. I mean, literally never watched uh, it. Well, no. Um, <laughs> So, 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 yeah, I was, I was genuinely upset. Like, and also the way it ends, it ends in such a way where it doesn't even feel like a finale. Even if, you, like, you know, like how you might, oh, no, we're going to have him on a cliffhanger. Like, it genuinely feels like I've just lost the next episode. I can't find it. And it, it that's annoying. It, yes. Yes, that's it is. Annoying. It really bugged the shit out of me. I think I read somewhere before it even aired, like ages ago, this is that. Or maybe, or maybe I spoke to Stephen Moffat and love name. No, of course you did. Of course you did. Sure, I'm pretty sure that the conception of it was that it would be a returning series version yeah. of the story. Which seems an so, odd thing to do because well, it, I feel like if you could have totally covered that whole novel in eight episodes, like yeah, without that, a shadow. No, of no, no. But what I'm saying is they don't want to. I yeah, think they they yeah. want it to be a returning thing. Yeah, like not even beyond. But but, um, but it know, has a go, very finite lifespan. Like it sure, will get the original. The original source material does. Yeah. But it happens all the time, doesn't it? I mean, it happened with it happened with. Um, I've got loads of shoes. That I'm thinking of, <laughs> of in my head. Now. Just say one. Just say one. Um, <laughs> Put them on the spot. Boy, yeah, boy, boy. Say it, say it. Uh, Margaret Atwood. Um, yes. 
Yes. Oh, yes. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's yeah. Tale. Yeah. Handmaid's Tale it completely, but, first season, ended the book, and it's now on its fifth season. But to be fair, the Handmaid's Tale actually book ends in a kind of an open-ended, this story could continue way. This, mm. as I know from reading also, on Wikipedia, it does not. Yeah. Didn't it do the whole, it did the whole story, right? The whole yeah, novel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, then right. it continues, right? But then yeah. he's saying this is not even covering the whole story. Yeah. Right. Doesn't finish the book. Yeah. Doesn't finish the book. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a little bit pissed off about this. Fair. I wish you told me earlier, because I went to an event recently, Sky event, and the Moth, and Rose Leslie, and all... They were all there. And you could have brought it out with them. You could have brought it out with them. Because I do feel like I need to take it out with them. Because I was enjoying it enormously. And I was bereft when I got to the end of it. So I'm not saying to people, don't watch it. I'm just saying, fucking brace yourself. Because, you know, that's that's quite... I kind of feel like you're saying there's no point to watching it. No, because I, I'm going to I'm gonna now start some kind of one-man movement to get it picked up for a second season. Because I need to see it played out. You know, because I was really enjoying it. As Boyd, with his great time traveller's ass gag last week, pointed out, like, there's a lot of Theo James for other people in this, Ooh, you know. Okay. Even if you're not there for the Rose Leslie, a lot of Theo James. Who, I just realised, Helen pointed this out to me on Empire, Rose Leslie... And Theo James first, I guess, met on screen when she is carrying his dead, naked corpse from Lady Mary's room in the pilot of Downton Abbey. Oh, oh, that is because he's fact. he's the yeah. he's the man, isn't he? He's the yeah. he's the one who dies in he's Lady Mary's man. bed, and and Rose yeah. is one of the people who comes to Pramuk. Does he come play out. Mr. Pramuk? That's right. Yeah. Oh, James, just sorry. I know this is going off piece, but can I just really quickly bring something up? Oh God. The fury at you giving Downton Abbey three stars. You oh. ridiculous man. <laughs> it's because you thought it was a two. Yeah, I understand. <gasps> and you say you're a Downton fan. <laughs> I do. And I agree with Boyd that it is the two greatest hours of Downton that have ever existed. Yeah. But still, from an Empire point of view, it's still fine. a three star well, from an Empire point of view. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I mean, it says it all. The, yeah. the inbuilt yeah. snobbery. Yes, oh, yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry. Gonna... Just because Heat gives out star ratings when you haven't even oh, seen the fucking here shows. We go. Here we go. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. Oh, it's a four star preview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all I'd say is. I guarantee you he'll it's two edit, the, one, edit the bit out about Empire being snobbish and keep this bit in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've got slightly off track. Bye. All I'm saying, if you are as in love with the time traveller's wife as I was, uh, then, uh, you know, just prepare yourself for an ending that will leave you wanting more. Right, okay, that is what we've been watching. Uh, time now for, I guess, this week's listener question. And we do have one, and let me just see what it is. This week's listener question comes to us from Clara. And Clara says, I love to listen back to old episodes of Pilot. It was interesting to listen to August 2020 episodes and hear discussions on Netflix being insurmountable in their domination. A likeable comedy called Ted Lasso and why on earth had Stathlet's Flats won a BAFTA? I stand by that. That was you, sir. Uh, stand by James, it. James. Uh, I wondered if your present self could go back in time two or three years, much like Theo James in The Time Traveller's Wife. Uh, what would your past self be most surprised by in the TV of 2022? That's a big question. Mm. That is a big question. Which I haven't had time to prepare for. So. No. <laughs> well, well, you haven't had time to give, to give any of us time to no, prepare for it. No, really, that's how fair. I roll. But I, um, go on. I'm going to do a really basic one yeah. because I think it's not two or three years, but say five years ago, I think I would have been amazed that a show about people watching TV and giving their thoughts would is, be is so this, entertaining. This is Gogglebox. Yes. Gogglebox has been going love... for like 10 years, I think now. All right, well, By let's just way. rephrase her question and say 10 years. <laughs> yeah. 10 Ten's years. Good. What's her name, Carly? So you're saying no. if you go back two or three years when Kay first discovered Gogglebox, yeah. I've been oh, going for seven years James, at that point. I'm not accepting right. that from you. From Boyd, yes. But I no. watched one episode of Gogglebox. I love Gogglebox. I've watched it from the beginning, so You've watched F one episode. You. I did, you made me. I think, <laughs> yeah. was it Celebrity? I can't remember. I watched that. I watched oh, a yeah. Gogglebox. Why yeah. did you hate it? Because the common folk were on there. <laughs> No, because I mean, that's just why would I want to watch a show about people? Because you get TV? great suggestions for people who aren't necessarily listening to this podcast, and there are a couple. <laughs> then you should watch Gogglebox, and you get great tips on what yeah, to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing that. 
Anyway, Sorry. what was the lady's name? Was it Carly? It was Cara. Clara. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Clara. Uh, yeah, Clara, that's mine. Ten years ago, I would have been surprised at that. I'm yeah. surprised at that now. So. I wasn't that surprised because it's very similar to a format called Flipside that I used to take part in way before, way before Gogglebox. What? Where, channel? where we used to sit around watching TV live. It was on a very obscure channel. Channel 4 did a week of specials late night. Um, Richard Bacon was involved, various other people. And it was literally, I'd be like one of three guests sitting there watching TV on our monitors and talking about what we were watching. And it was, and can I, I ask you a question? Yes, you can. Right. Obviously, Gogglebox is entertaining because it also gets edited down. Now, how was that live? Oh, I mean, it was incredible. It was ridiculous. It was, it was also on, I think they tried it out on, maybe it's a dream that tried it out on the Paramount Comedy Channel, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And it had its own channel at one point. It was, it was insane. It was crazy. What were the yeah. viewing figures like? Oh, historic. <laughs> Through the, I think probably more than Piers Morgan tonight's getting at the moment. Oh, fine, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I would say, I made this point to Indira Varma, actually, in, in my interview with her uh -huh. about Obi-Wan Kenobi, that if you'd have said a few years ago that these Star Wars spin-offs on, you know, on Disney Plus are complete, particularly Obi-Wan Kenobi bringing back Hayden Christensen, yeah. who, let's face it, I don't want to be harsh, but his career has not exactly flourished, has it, since he appeared in those terrible Star Wars You've seen sequels. his routine. He is not busy. Right, exactly. Um, and Ewan McGregor, you know, who has, whose career has flourished and could do pretty much any role he wants still to this day, both coming back for a Star Wars spin-off set, what is it, 10 years after the um, those prequels? It's yep. just an extraordinary situation. Um, and then equally in The Mandalorian, you know, to have Luke Skywalker coming back and all, just uh, the whole thing is, is mind-blowing, really. If, and, and you kind of get used to the whole idea of it because, well, you know, we now know streaming services are vying with each other. Disney Plus effectively decided to have a streaming service because they've got all this intellectual property they can mine and use and drag on for, for, for decades on end. But it's kind of incredible. It's absolutely extraordinary. So I would never have guessed in a million years. You definitely thought those prequels, that whole situation had died. <laughs> died definitely the prequels. We're never going to go mm. back to that. Yeah. those worlds and those characters and that those incarnations of those characters. Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. It did. It felt. It felt a lot like, especially when Disney took over Lucasfilm, that they were very much trying to mine the original trilogy and they were trying to distance themselves yeah. a bit from everything prequel related like they because they cancelled Clone Wars didn't they and everything was very much original trilogy Force Awakens all original trilogy stuff like we're going yeah. back to the heartland of Star Wars but I think gradually they realised that actually there's affection for all of Star Wars and you don't need to limit yourself and also they made some critical missteps along the way hmm. uh, which Kathy Candy copped to quite recently when she was saying casting Alden Ehrenreich as uh, oh, yeah. was a bad move not because of him but because Casting a new actor as a legacy yeah. was a bad, bad, yeah. bad idea. That must make him feel good. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. a bit unfair, but yeah. she was kind of trying to say that just even the whole yeah. idea the, of having a, an origin yeah, story. It was with conceptually. A young, mm, yeah, it was a stupid yeah, idea. Yeah, it was a problem. <laughs> it was a problem. Stupid She's idea. not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, so there's that. Um, I mean, we'll get to the Doctor Who news later, but all I, what I would say is... I'm excited. I would never have thought in a million years that Russell T. Davis would go back to Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, Why and, not? Because, you know, his career is so astonishing. It's like got twin, twin tracks of a career, which is like his own um, very personal take on the lives of gay men from Queer as mm -hmm. Folk all the way through to It's a Sin. And his, that is like a whole, um, you know, a whole, an incredible body of work you know, much of it dealing with in different ways, in all kinds of different ways, that that subject, you know, kind of 
in, in, in an incredible, absolutely unique way. And then there's the whole Doctor Who side of it, which is his favourite show, it's absolutely of all time. But he did that, you know, he revived it, he turned it into a global phenomenon and had done with it. And it's very rare for any showrunner of a show, I think, to leave it, you know, in such, in, for it to move on, to go on for years on end afterwards without him. And he made It's a Sin, at the peak, reaching the peak of his career and this incredible triumph. So just the whole idea of him wanting or needing or, or having to go back is just, would, I just don't think, I don't think it was on anyone's radar. And then it was announced. And as soon as it was announced, I know you look at me as if to go, it wouldn't make sense. As soon as it was announced, then you're like, oh, of course. Because isn't it an anniversary? Why wouldn't he? No, it? no, but yeah, it's the 60th anniversary um, next year of Doctor Who, absolutely. But that's not, particular that's not he's, he's show running the whole from then on you know it's not just oh, like right. one episode mm -hmm. it's he's the new showrunner he's returning to the show is he as showrunner. <laughs> well no but but then but you know what and again this is unbelievable name dropping again oh, here we just, go james prepare just, yourself but in the interview i did with him for it's a sin in empire clang way back then i <laughs> came out a year ago he did i said to him is there anything you regret about the doctor who is and he did very honestly say that he wished you could have had the budgets, you know, just basically, and, mm. and in the streaming era, you know, of uh, and really make the show as spectacular as he would want to. And now, because it's now particularly, very importantly, been being produced by an independent production company, Bad Wolf, for the BBC, they can, you know, they can do whatever kind of deals they want in terms of like, you know, getting bigger budgets. And I'm sure, and and from what he's saying, it's going to be fucking spectacular. So, mm. and he. Uh, and I think he did say, you know, as soon as it's, the, the idea was mooted to him, why don't you come back and do Doctor Who by the BBC? He's like, do you know what? I could do a fucking brilliant job. Mm. It is still his 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 number one show, the great show, in, you know, the, the, of all time for him and for many of us. Um, so it's like, well, why wouldn't he? But it was an absolutely not on anyone's agenda until that moment when the press release came in, and he said he's doing it. And of course, in the glow, in the glow of it's a sin, in in the you know afterglow of that, and it, it makes him most powerful as he's ever been in the industry. I think again, adding to you know, he, and what he's doing now. I mean, as the casting and all of everything that he's doing with it and we haven't even seen it yet obviously that's we're not we won't see it until a year's time um shows that it's going to be everything he's doing is just amazing you know already there's a lot of cachet of having him back isn't it huge yeah mm. oh my god yeah i mean yeah 100 yeah brilliant by by um by i think it was piers at the bbc um piers wenger who was who's no longer he was head of drama at the bbc until recently he left a while ago i think he, he just thought why don't i just ask russell to do it again <laughs> and he said yes so yeah those those things mm. for me. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, there are so many things. Like when we saw the first episode of Mayor of Easttown, we were like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's good. It's good. It's decent. Yeah. And then you're like, by the time you get to the end, you're like, this was a phenomenon and one of the best shows of the year. But these things do sometimes completely take you by surprise. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to use this opportunity to not at all mention the show that I mention an awful lot and what an Why impact that had. Now? No, no, what I'm being restrained. It doesn't matter. I'm being actually... Um, it's the expanse. It's the show. Oh, I'm not saying it, Boyd, and that's the important thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like, like so back, back way back then when I said I can't believe Stathlet's Flats is going to win a BAFTA, you know, and, and again, I still can't believe that, <laughs> that it is held in this conversation. To be fair, I've only watched one episode of it and I've never revisited it, so... You're to a real one-episode guy, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh God, if he doesn't like something, he's not. He's never going <laughs> to But the thing is, I, I can tell from watching Stathlet Flats. It's yeah, not, it's, not, it's, it's not definitely for not for you. It's not definitely for me. not for you. It's no. not for me. No, it's fun. Can you acknowledge that uh, James is a bigger diva than me? 
Because Boyd calls me a diva every single day. I think day, you're both think... in your way. What, because you're very particular about what you do and don't like? Just everything. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think, oh yeah, I mean completely. You're both You're both uh, high divas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> high, highly strong. High achieving, <laughs> highly strong super divas. He right, thinks it's yeah. an insult, but it's a compliment. Okay, yeah. I don't yeah. think one's... Discerning, Boyd, the word is discerning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's one word for yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Squid Game is another one that I'd throw out there. Like, yeah. you know, when that first episode, mm. you were like, this is like a Korean show about like people murderizing the shit out of each other. To... If like if someone had said to me that it would become this global phenomenon mm. where even kids like in school playgrounds would be playing squid game games, I would have thought they were smoking something outrageous. And yet, incredible, absolutely incredible how that travelled and became like this cultural event. Mm. And you just wouldn't have seen that coming. It wasn't trial, it just dropped on Netflix. Mm. Nuts. Yeah, that was probably nuts. Yeah, that was one of the most incredible stories of a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that um, Downton Abbey, <laughs> at the end of Downton Abbey, I was absolutely expecting a spin-off film. Right? Yeah. I wasn't expecting a se- the sequel to be so brilliant. Yeah, better no. Than which, the first. Which, a new which, era. the first, which mm. you only gave three stars to in Empire Magazine. Uh, the mm. sequel is definitely better than the, the, the first The sequel's one. fantastic. What yeah. did you yeah. give the first one to? We might have given it three as well. I don't remember. Gave it three as well. It's entirely possible I reviewed it. I genuinely can't remember. Right. I'm never going to listen to anything. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, but, but on a broader level, sort of going back, maybe it's not sort of two and three years, but just where we are now in terms of the streaming landscape. Like, I would never, even when we started this podcast in 2018, I would Mm. never have seen where we've come now, how TV has changed even over those few years. Because we thought, when we started in 2018, we thought, you know, peak TV is here, it's well established. This is, these are the rules of engagement. This is what this is. And it's changed fundamentally in the last four years, fundamentally. And, you know, I remember, and I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, when Ted Sarandos came to our office. What? And pitched the idea of Netflix. Yeah, we we met with him as well, weren't you there? No. He came in and he was like, yeah, guys. And we were like, oh, it's this bellend from the company that sends fucking, you know, like Love Film that sends DVDs (laughs) around by mail order. What are you on about? And he came in, he was like going on, yeah, we're going streaming. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's never going to take off. And I swear to God, I had exactly the same conversation with someone from Spotify several years before that. And I was like, this is never going to take off. What are you doing? So if you ever want stock tips, just look at what I'm doing and then just invest in the absolute opposite and you're (laughs) absolutely guaranteed to, to strike it rich. I remember thinking how obsessed he was with the um, the box delivering the whole thing in one go. Yeah, with, with the binge watching thing and being quite irritated by it to the point where <laughs> to the point where I asked him, "Are like, you telling me, you know, I like if Jeb Mercurio said, right, you can have Line of Duty, you're going to insist that he puts it, you put it out all in one go rather than a weekly event building up to the?" And he was like, "Yep." We're not. Everyone will be doing it. All it has to go away one go. It's like the founding basis, yeah. and they're kind of pretty much stuck to that with their actual originals. Yes, they have. There were shows like um, Better Call Saul, which goes out week, which they effectively acquire from another, from yeah. from which goes out week. And there's one show reviewing this week, which isn't coming on in one go. But yeah, uh, yes. Um, but they have stuck to it pretty much. But what they do do now, including the show, what you're referring to, is they divide the series into yeah. two chunks. Mm. So that is their new... What James that's... was hoping for the Time Traveller's Wife, but... Yes, not. yes. Right. Where's my second <laughs> chunk? Fuckers. Yeah. yeah. But it is weird how that was... Absolutely obsessed with it. He was the, the, that whole thing, and of course, all the stream, all the other streamers haven't followed suit. They're all, they're all. I'm uh, bang on about this every week. Sorry, Kenny, this is boring. But um, <laughs> I've heard it. Don't and worry. To, sorry to the audience, more than anything. Yes, but you know, no, no other streamer 
Well, hardly. Amazon Prime does it sometimes. They do it with 10%. They put the whole thing mm. in one go. But most of the time, it's like first couple of episodes, maybe three, and then weekly. <laughs> anyway. So so I think we've established that we, like the Phil the Groundhog, are great prognosticators <laughs> of what is to come. Uh, if you have a question that is or is not about the past or the future, then do feel free to send them to us at Pilot TV Pod on Instagram or on Twitter. The choice is yours. Time now. For this week's guests. This week's guest is none other than Luther Zoe, Game of Thrones, Alaria Sand, and most importantly, Carnival Rose, aristocratic burgish woman, Mrs. Breakspear. Yes. This week, though, she makes her way back onto our screens, courtesy of Disney's Obi-Wan Kenobi, where she plays Tia, a role I can tell you precious little about because they have not let us watch the show yet. However, I suspect Boyd hopefully managed to get a little bit more out of her when he spoke to Indira earlier in the week. Hi, Indira. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Nice to see you. And you? I sat next to you at the Patrick Melrose dinner. I remember we had a great chat. Back then, like, imagine back then if I'd said to you, you're going to be in a series that revives Star Wars with Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor and all these people, it would have been insane, wouldn't it? I mean... It's it's extraordinary to think that it has happened. It's my main it's my main feeling. Isn't it brilliant? I just love I love the the twists and turns of uh, of this business. It's nuts. Yeah, it's very exciting. How did how did it happen for you? Like how how did you get involved? I got my like my American manager. They said, "Oh, this has come through. Would you be interested in auditioning for it?" Uh, and and I was I said. Yeah, fuck yeah, of course. I mean, I, I wasn't particularly, I have never been a huge Star Wars fan, I, I confess, which is never nice to hear, I think, from Star Wars fans don't like hearing that, do they? But um, but it's part of my whole bloody life. You know, it was, the first one came out in 77. I was, what, four years old, three years old. We played it in the school playground at infant school, at junior school. Um, I was Princess Leia. I'd seen pictures of her, hadn't seen the film, but I knew what she looked like. And that was that. But I was assumed, I always associated it with being a very male uh, franchise, um, explosions, all that kind of thing. Wasn't particularly interested in that. And then um, over the years, I've sort of felt like anything that's, fantasy and sci-fi and i know it's not it's more fantasy than sci-fi but i feel like well i get it i get it now i get the excitement around it because of all the it's closer to humanity than i was giving it credit for right and um and then i i watched the mandalorian in order to sort of because deborah chow directs all of these obi-wans and she did some of the mandalorian and of course, I was happy to watch it because Pedro's in it. And I thought it was brilliant and really funny. I loved the tongue in cheek aspect of it. I loved seeing, you know, um, stormtroopers sort of having a quick fag break, if you like. Yeah. Um, that to me made it, it, it's the sort of, it's the domestic in the massive in the unit. That to me is like, I'm up for that. Mm. And uh, and then I met with Deborah, and I just thought she was fantastic, so open. Just wanted to talk about character, relationship. Really up for um, developing with me, ideas, everything. She was just open, mm. and, and it was just brilliant. And obviously, as we speak, 
this is going out like a few days before the show airs. So, I mean, what can you say about your character? All we knew at the moment was Imperial Officer. And I've seen a glimpse of you in the trailer, in your fantastic, in your fabulous um, costume, etc. Well, that was day one of of my shoot. Wow. Uh, And, yeah, it's difficult to say because I'm not in until episode three. Okay. Which means I sort of don't want any spoilers. Sure. Which is a bit frustrating, really. I'm sorry about that. Fair enough. But um, I can just say it was an amazing experience and I get to do more than just Imperial Mm. Can I ask, you don't have to answer this, obviously, you you must have scenes with Darth Vader. I mean, I'm just assuming. I have one. Ah, excellent. And how was that? (laughs) Do you know what? Really scary. Really? You know when you see that, it's like the, on my first day being walking onto set. We, we were not in studio. We were out uh, on location. It was in the desert. And there are stormtroopers. And you just go, but this is my, this is mind blowing. And then later on, it was a night shoot. It was a brutal night shoot in a, a coal pit or something, or something really bizarre. And there's Darth Vader. And you, it feels like it's real. It's really frightening. I bet. Yeah. But what was also very, very cool about the whole thing was filming on the volume, you know, which the Mandalorian, everyone's starting to use the volume now. And yeah. we'd taken, well, not we, me, I say it in that very, I didn't mean to sound so pretentious, but um, <laughs> um, it was once, the technology was one step up from the Mandalorian where we have the background is actually moving. Right. And it's literally like stepping inside a video game where the it's lit by these LED screens, you can, there's um, the project, it's not projection, the LED screens show you like rockets coming in, the ships coming in, Hmm. there's movement. And now there's, um, there are, uh, the background is, there are people in the background, three dimensional, and they're moving. So you you walk onto a set like that, and it, it, it's completely insane. It's, you don't need to act. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you are inside Wars. Right. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really amazing. Yeah. So even though, so you've done, you know, you, you've done Game of Thrones, which is pretty much as big as TV got up to that point. Does this yeah. feel like another step on in terms of ambition yeah, really and scope, does. does it? Yeah. Because m- this, most of the stuff that I got, I was very fortunate that most of my stuff on Game of Thrones was actually on location, which means that you're in the environment, the sun's shining. Oh, it's a palace. Oh, it's all real. This is fab. But on this one, it was like, Oh my God, we're underground, we're overground, we're by the ocean, we're in this place. <laughs> and I can see it all. And, um, and, and so, and that was, it's astonishing. It's astonishing. Um, and all, yeah, it's, it's totally different. I'm mm. not, I'm, yeah. <laughs> we can't say it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Very hard. <laughs> Absolutely. And was it kind of, as an experience, um, you know, getting into this in, into this world that so many people care about passionately and is an obsession, let's face it, for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. Was it what you expected, roughly, you know, um, getting involved in it? Well, it was to the extent that there were moments where, you know, you'd turn up on set and there are these kind of creatures, you know, these Star Wars creatures that you have seen in that bar um, with weird noses and heads and whatever it might be that a semi-droid and that was just that that was like magic that Mm. was that was as good as it gets that's sort of like when you're a kid watching sesame street and then you meet the characters going to disneyland 
this was it it was really exciting and you feel like a kid again and then um the other aspect of it was that i thought am i going to be really intimidated by you know working with ewan who is that character on such a massive franchise but then actually the people both ewan both deborah all these very like high up elements who were making the whole thing they make it feel like you're making a like home movie oh cool it was just great mm. you know there was so many aspects of oh do you want to do that yeah we'll do that we'll rig that we'll rig an explosive here if you want to do that yeah sure <laughs> you know you want to change that bit yeah why not yeah great idea we'll have a chat about that it was like wow i felt like i had input mm. it wasn't i was afraid that i was just going to come on and be told stand there do this do that and yeah we're good but actually, it felt like, oh, they've actually employed me and they want my input. This, this is incredible. Yeah. And we had such a lot. Mm. And did you, was, is the level of secrecy on another level? Like, did you get to read the whole script? Did you, you know, yeah. was there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's all kinds of, you know, these days with these like NDAs and very complicated, how do you get this script onto your how do you even read the bloody script? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, I had to constantly speak to the tech, you know, the people in tech to just say, can you help me look at my fucking script again? <laughs> I don't know how many passwords do I need and what are they? And, you know, yeah. what do I download? That was really confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also having to wear these special gowns over our costumes and, and then getting, somebody papping it and that was kind of stressful the infiltrators but what what i think is so very cool as well is how much the fans are involved mm. and like they've made droids you know it's their work is in in this you yeah know, when you hear about oh you know actually a droid takes ten thousand hours to make or however long it takes um and this was made by this this mega fan or whatever wow. you know wow. and something happened to a droid this particular droid that i wanted to explode <laughs> and they not to explode but to shoot at and uh they were like yeah uh you want to do that let's do it and then he had to the props guy had to phone up the the, the guy who'd made it who was a fan and say uh do you want me to clean off is it okay if we we put um explosives on it yeah, lovely, love that because now it's featured. Is it okay? Do you want me to clean the clean it up afterwards? No, I want all the sort of fire damage on there because it's now going to have a story, you know. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, I want to mention a couple of other uh, uh, things that you've done in your incredible career. Um, first of all, actually, I mean, going back to um, uh, Patrick Melrose, that was a phenomenal piece of work, wasn't it? And what was it like watching Benedict Cumberbatch doing his stuff in those scenes? It was amazing. I mean, just I just think I I, th I loved Patrick Melrose. I thought the whole thing was extraordinary. I, mm. I love Edward St. Albans' books, uh, some of the best writing for for my taste, because it's funny, it's devastating, it's got everything going on. And then these the scripts were extraordinary. And then watching um, Benedict like becoming this character was just phenomenal. And 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 also, I just loved what Edward the director did with each episode being shot with a different yeah. lens. 
Right. You know, I thought the, the detail in that and also um, uh, just the fact that it was, you know, the 60s was sort of this technicolor thing. And then you had the 70s and the 80s and everything had its a very, very strong visual language to it. And yeah. um, and that was just phenomenal yeah it was amazing I loved yeah. It. It was yeah. brilliant. and not many people remember but i do because i'm obsessed with it is that you both worked you and benedict both were in um you're not gonna say news. broken news broken news broken yeah. news which is like i thought was hysterically funny at the time john morton who's gone on to yeah. make 2012 10 brilliant genius yeah. i you, you played melanie bellamy I mean, was it as much fun to do as it was to watch oh my god it was brilliant being on a treadmill i mean we were all doing these different things i remember sharing a dressing room with sharon horgan at the time wow. as well and um yeah it was just so much fun all these tiny little elements and just going i love i love this i was the running news yes because i was on a treadmill yes fantastic yeah it was silly, uh, but uh, kind of way ahead of its time, I think, that joke. Cause totally. It, yeah. I wonder if it'll ever get a rerun, because oh. I think it, it'll be interesting to see what yeah. it's done. I think they're all rights issues, because it's really hard to get hold. I got hold of a DVD in America years ago. Yeah, but yeah. it's really hard to get hold of. Yeah, I would oh, say. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those one of those weird things. Yeah. And the other thing on Joshua was This Way Up, in which you were effective, again, with Sharon Horgan. You were kind of a lust object in that show. <laughs> I know. I mean, how was that? Well, it was lovely. I'm a Sharon Horgan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, again, I just think Ashling is a phenomenal writer and a phenomenal actress, and and so is Sharon. I just love the pair of them, and it's really exciting to be asked to be involved in something like that with these women who you sort of want to be. Um, to yeah, you want to be associated with people like that, and and I just think Ashling's work ethic and her when I say work ethic, I sort of mean her as a human being. She sort of lives and breathes being a good person and she walks the walk. You know, yeah. I just, I have so much admiration for her and I just feel the two of them are fearless and I just, I aspire to be like them. Yeah, they are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and finally, are you, have you seen um, finished episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi yet? Or you, or you can't know? No, no. I, I saw a bit of, I had to do some ADR. Right. So I watched a bit of that and I was just like, Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where you, when you see it all together, finally, it's going to presumably it's going to be quite mind blowing to see how you fit into the whole thing and how it just how it looks, etc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to settle down? Are you going to have like a viewing party at home? Are you going to? Without a doubt. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. With my with my, I have to I have to say this: the prop guy went one day after um at the end of the day we were. You know, he was the props guy was like negotiating some lightsabers, as you do. And um, and there are several different types of lengths. Those that light up, those are more for the fighting scenes that are shorter and also ones that are just a hilt. And a bit like the sort of um, Harry Potter ones. They're mm. all slightly different depending yes. on the character. And I said, oh, they make great candlesticks. And he said, that's a great idea. That's a great rap gift. And last week I got a. I got a box with two lightsaber candlesticks wow. and a whole box of blue candles. That is amazing. Well, I mean, that's worth worth a job alone, isn't it? Surely. I mean, totally. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to see you in it. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Indira. It's been brilliant. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Love great sea boy. Thank Cheers. you. Bye. That was Indira Varma. And time now for news. Boydie, Kay, either of you, what's been happening in the world of news? 
You go first, Boyd. Do you want to well, talk about the Doctor Who? Who. You're going to talk about Doctor just, Who. I mean, every, it's all, it's all yeah. out there by Let's now, obviously. I, by the way, I very much enjoyed the Empire uh, podcast discussion of the of the Doctor Who casting news of Shooting Gatway, in which basically half of the team was like, well, we don't even, not even interested in Doctor Who. I don't know why. <laughs> they recorded a special bit, which they inserted into the podcast because the news broke after you'd recorded it, in which they went, oh, we don't really care anyway. Well, then just don't do the fucking special insert. To be podcast. fair, the special insertion was mainly to talk about Christopher Walken being cast yeah. in Dune Park. Two. And then Chris insisted on doing Doctor Who. And even though I pointed out we'd already done it on pilot, but he wanted to do oh. it anyway. And then it turned out he doesn't watch sex education and he doesn't care about Doctor Who. I'm like, then why are we doing this? Exactly. Anyway, but, uh, yes. following on from the Shooty Gatwa news, which was fantastic, it then followed with the news that Yasmin Finney, um, who is a, a brilliant trans actress um, who is in Heartstopper. Yes, indeed. Uh, has been cast. All we know now, people are assuming it's the, his companion. They but are. I don't actually know all these details yet. All we know is she's playing a character called Rose. That's the official. That's the, all the, the official news. And Russell T. Davis in the press release has all these like you know provocative toying with us little comments. Why is she, is she different? Rose? Who is Rose? Who could she possibly be? Because obviously Billy Piper's character was Rose. Fine. Thank you. Sorry, Kay, you never watched Doctor <laughs> Who. Like, what are you on about? Yeah. I, know, I don't watch Doctor Who, even but I thought less, there was already a Rose character. Kay, even less interested in Doctor Who than James. Yeah, oh, yeah. I something. feel we could bond over there. ZFG zero fucks yeah, given. Zero fucks given. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> Then it was revealed that um, David Tennant and Catherine Tate are coming back. That's exciting. Which is incredible. It's like, I mean, even you. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it is. Many people's greatest Doctor of all time. And certainly, I would say the Doctor who helped turn it into the phenomenon I was talking about earlier on the podcast, the global phenomenon, David Tennant. This is incredible. So, this is for the 60th anniversary special. It's being filmed now as you speak. In fact, they were filming on Monday and Tuesday of this week in Camden, which is literally where our office is. And of course, I wasn't in the office those days because I had to come in Wednesday and and they'd stop filming by the time we did come in the office. So, But part of the reason I think why they made the announcements, because definitely Russell T. Davis has talked about how they didn't want to take any of the limelight away from the fact that this is still Jodie Whittaker's show. We still need to see her final ever episode later this year, in October of this year. But they had to come... Do you feel like it's overshadowed it? No, because, you know, there's still months to go before that arrives. So, But they had to deal with all this news now, particularly because they're filming in Camden and you're not going to be able to have a secret. (laughs) You're not going to be able to cover literally David Tennant. Well, knowing Camden High Street as I do, I don't think anyone would have batted a fucking well, eyelid. There is no, that. that's true, actually. But there's a whole community out there of Doctor Who fans who try to follow, find the location shooting wherever they go, and they will go there. And it's a whole, it's a whole. Are they the phenomenon. people that hang out in Forbidden Planet in Covent Garden? Of course, my yeah, people. Yeah, James's people. <laughs> Part of that, he has a weird thing against Doctor Who. But yeah, yeah that yeah. is weird. James. The only Time Lord I care about, Boyd, is Henry de Tamble. Of course. Um, the star of Time Travel. And so and but then funnily enough, um these pat pictures did leak out from the set of when they're filming Camden with with not only with Catherine Tate and David Tent, which is brilliantly exciting news for anyone who loved that their era was one of my favourites, absolutely, of all time. But the, the great this is a slight spoiler in case people really don't pay any attention to any of this stuff. Bernard Cribbins, who is ninety-three years old and is an absolute acting legend in this country, <laughs> is back and he was in that era. He played Catherine Tate's character's um, grandfather, granddad, and he's but he was seen on set of in Camden being wheeled around by David Tennant. So he is back, but that hasn't been officially confirmed by the BBC. But I mean, the pictures are there; everyone knows. Everyone knows it's going back. So that is kind of that is brilliantly exciting as well. Who knows which other fucking people will come back or who whatever? There's all kinds of rumours going swirling about the 60th anniversary special because the 50th anniversary special as I'm sure I remember Kay mm-hmm. did feature lots of Doctors coming back and new Doctors John Hurt was in it as a new version of the Doctor so it was very exciting <laughs> huge excitement um, but I think I've completed the Doctor Who news section of the podcast thank wow. you very much <laughs> 
There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. How do we so even I've top got that? some news. I've go got on, some Kay. Like, Give us some non-time related news. It's follow that, but I'll try. Mm. Okay, so I went to a swanky Sky event oh, yeah. okay. a couple of days ago. It's called um, Up Next 2022. That's what it's called. Big event at the um, Theatre Royal at Drury Lane. And it was... Um, it was a black tux event, James, I'm going to tell you that, which I hadn't fully anticipated. Is it, do you mean it's a black tie event like the royal premiere of Top Gun Maverick that I'm going to this evening? Is it, is it like that? Are you going that, like, Yeah. Why can't you just yeah. let me have this? Okay. <laughs> why can't you? Sorry. Look, Sorry. I went to this yeah. nice event and now you're trying to outdo me. You're right. You're Don't right. be that guy. You're right. Okay, Sorry. Fine. Sorry, hang on. Anyway. Tom, Tom's calling. I just need to... Just <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I went to this event. I have to say, Sky do good events. You know, they always lay on the champagne and the snacks and they have all their talent there to promote all the shows they've got coming up. Um, and it was spectacular because we've, we're told that they're going to be um, over 200 Sky original shows across all genres this year, which is a 60% increase from last year. I know I sound like a ski, Sky PR now, yeah. but it was pretty impressive. And are Sky planning to finish these seasons or just maybe end them after <laughs> or, six episodes? Or, well, like I'm I said, just, if you, you told know, me, I could have asked. Just curious. Because Zai Bennett was there. Anyway... People that were there, we had Sheridan Smith, who's going to be in a new, um, I think it's a comedy, yeah. Rosie Malloy gives up everything. Ramesh Ranganathan and Catherine Ryan are teaming up for a romantic getaway, another comedy which you won't be watching, James. <laughs> and also Saran Jones, they've got a, a, a spin on the Christmas classic and she'll be playing Christmas Carol with an E, if nice. you will. Um, but yeah, they, they, they announced that I Hate Susie is coming back for a second season. Did they say when? Yeah, they gave me the date, but apparently I can't tell you. Sorry. It's this year, though. It's this yeah, year. Yeah, I can yeah. say that. I hate Susie too. Yes. As in Oh, good. I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I love a pun. Yeah. Um, also, there's going to be a major adaptation of Heather Morris's um, best-selling novel, The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Okay. Um, and they, they announced much, much more. But it was very exciting because, as I said, they had... A, like so many names mm. it was just um, bursting and Claudia Winkleman was hosting did an excellent job she's very well versed at these live events as you know and she I mean she rattled through the interviews do you know who Claudia Winkleman is James? I am familiar with okay. Claudia Winkleman yes is, she was, is were you not available Boyd? is that why they got Claudia <laughs> no, to do it? I'm too expensive right okay fair enough <laughs> he hasn't got as good a fringe as Claudia <laughs> um, and yeah so anyway they did that and they showed some pictures from um, This England where Ken Kenneth Branagh is playing as you will know Boris Johnson I, and, I know yes. it, it's terrifying, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, did they show the trailer? The trailer terrifying. for it. Yes. Well, they did, that went out the next day. Maybe they did. Yes, work. they did. They did. They did. I mean, that, yeah. the Caesar train. I thought he looked absolutely fucking. Yeah, terrible. it's amazing. What a makeup job is. Yeah, I mean, I know these things are. You know, we had what's his name as Winston Churchill, Gary yeah. Oldman's Winston Churchill. So yeah. They can do anything pretty much with prosthetics. But he no, this was phenomenal. Fun, absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait for that. That is going to be so interesting, isn't it? So yeah, it was really good. Keely Hall's there. The whole gang. The whole gang. Midwich assembled. Yeah. Midwich Cuckoos, which we may or may not be reviewing next week. We will be. Yeah. Um, we might be doing four shows next week because there's a lot going on. Well, you're not going to get screeners of The Boys. I'm telling you that for... Well, you will get screeners, but it's embargoed The Boys. We can say this because this is part of my TV news. Oh, is it? Yeah, The Boys Season 3, which of course you're very excited about because I know you're a fan of The Boys, yes, aren't you? On, I am. The, on, the, on the Prime Video. Yeah. That is embargo until the day before it goes out, I'm afraid. Is it? Yes, it is. It's so annoying is how they keep annoying. on doing this. Yes. That's particularly annoying because I may or may not have a bunch of trailers for those sitting on my, uh, sitting on my yeah. computer. Yeah. It's yeah. where they Same. can live. I've got, oh. got a bunch of tra trailers. is the euphemism we, turn, we call for advanced screeners that we can have access to. Yeah. We can't talk about. Uh, but yes. Amazon Prime had their version of that Sky event to this morning, this very morning that I have attended, and the cast of the boys were there. Were they? Yeah, and the showrunner, yeah, and yeah. they had a nice little chat. Well, we're going to have a couple of people from the boys on this very podcast next week. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, although, Although maybe we will now do it the week after, since apparently we can't review the show. Well, you can have them on the shows, and then we'll review the week we later. Could, we could. Wait, can I ask a question you unrelated can. to the TV shows you watched at the launch? Yeah. What were the snacks like? <laughs> 
There was a nice, um, it was like a breakfast time. It started at like 9, 30, 10. So there were pastries, um, Fine. Danish, mm-hmm. uh, nice coffee, tea, in the very swanky Londoner Hotel, which is that big new hotel in Leicester Square. You know that when they destroyed my favourite yes, cinema? the Odeon West the End. Odeon West End, mm. which I used to love because it had a, mass, a brilliant gap between the front row and the screen, which yeah. you could sit on the front <laughs> row. Yeah. This is how nerdy <laughs> I am. And they destroyed it to make way for this gargantuan super five-star hotel that is very swanky, I have to say. And it's the first time I've been inside and they had the whole event there. Um, but there is an Odeon Lux as part yeah, of it. They've stuck one in the basement. Is that, is that actually opened yet? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So that, but the whole thing took place there. Gemma Kearney was the um, Claudia Winkleman okay. of, of, for, for Prime Video. Mustn't call it Amazon Prime, of course. So some people no, just did that. Right. It's it Amazon Freebie and Prime right. Video. A couple of people who were, took part in Q and A's on stage did still call it Amazon. And I was, I was. Have they been seen there, since? Smuggled no, shit that I am. Going. <laughs> They're going to be taken out and shot. That's it. Yeah. By what's his name? Who owns Jeff? Jeff. Yeah. Um, so they had, yeah, they had the boys on stage, which you would have been very excited about. And yes. they talked about how the creator, the showrunner, yeah. who's never forgotten. Eric Kripke. Right. Talked about how there's one sequence that apparently is the most incredible. Do you know about this? Uh, have you watched the trailer? I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that I know what this sequence uh, is. He's smiling okay. though. Okay. So I don't, I haven't watched them yet, the trailers, nor the actual episodes. Yes. Um, there's yeah. a lot to talk about. And he, he said that um, this is the most incredible sequence we've ever done in the show. And he said, and I keep saying, no, he said, I'm pretty, this is this is an almost direct quote, not only is it the most incredible sequence of the show, it's one of the most incredible sequences in all of TV. What? Yes, right? And then he that said... That is a bold statement. Right. And then he said, I've been building this up and everyone I, I've been t- everyone tells, t- says, oh, what are you talking bullshit, blah, 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 blah. And then he keeps getting texts from people when they see it going, oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. Wow. So, I think I you mean, guys will be the judge of that. I think we will. But all I'm saying is, if you want an effective um, uh, showrunner to big up your show, do that. If you <laughs> tell everyone yeah. that you've got all the most yeah, incredible sequences. Yeah, but you can go one or two ways, Oh, yeah, though, of course. Right? You don't have to yeah. keep... Back well, it up. James may or may not have known seen the trailers. Whether, yeah. mm, yes. Um, mm. <laughs> but funnily enough, you were talking about the investment. It's the same, like Prime Video. They're all vying. Like, they're investing one billion pounds in TV, movies, and live sport, blah, blah, blah. They've got their own studio. Oh, as yeah, well. which is, sorry, I've got a, Sky yeah, also Sky's announced. Got yeah, studio. they've got um, Sky Studios L Street, yeah. which yeah. they're going to be making their first, um, first major film, Universal Pictures adaptation of Wicked. James, I know you're interested in that. As he looks at his phone. Well, sorry, I was just defying gravity. <laughs> wow. That doesn't make any sense, but um, nevertheless, it was a reference. Which they're turning, I believe, into a two-part film. Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. what, which wicked. means it will, the first one will presumably end yeah. with defying gravity. Yeah, and having What's sat, with his two partners? Oh, God, I don't know. having sat through that fucking musical. <laughs> you don't say, like it? Oh, He's not a musical fan. Oh, I hate, I'm not a musical fan. Really? I particularly didn't like it. He wicked. hates Joy. Have you watched Les Mis, Boyd? Yes, I've watched Well, Les Mis is my, is my what's the word? Kryptonite. Really? A, a song through. I can't do a song <gasps> through. I can't do a song through. Oh, I Say love Les Mis. Oh, no. I love no. Les Mis oh, so much. You? I've oh, seen Les Mis about 12 times. I haven't, what? Have we ever discussed absolutely this? True. I don't think this we have. This is a revelation It's come up day. on Empire a few times because oh, Helen can't get her head around it because I don't do musicals, but I'm obsessed with Les Mis. So Why? You and, I mean, it's amazing, but... It's yeah. amazing. One day more makes you me cry Matt every single time. You and Matt Lucas are the biggest fans of Les Mis. I mean, I thought Matt was the biggest fan, but you're up there. Absolutely love it. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. By the way, Matt Lucas is bringing back Fantasy football, um, you'll, be, you'll be thrilled to Thank know, you, later this year. Yeah. Um, in other, uh, this is I, have, I am going to mention this gratuitous Arsenal-related news. Oh, but, God. But Come on. on the Amazon Prime video, the Prime video <laughs> presentation this morning, they announced that Daniel Kaluuya, 
legendary mm-hmm. MCU-based actor yes. and all-round legend is the narrator of the upcoming All or Nothing Arsenal documentary series on Prime Video. It will be arriving later this year. They're still filming now, as we speak, before the last day of the season. Now, unfortunately for everyone... How's it going, everyone, Boyd? How's the season yeah, going? Well, unfortunately <laughs> for Daniel, Daniel, they've recorded a video. He sent a video message. He's busy in LA filming and shit. But he sent a video message of him in his Arsenal top saying, you know, bigging out Arsenal's and, and trashing Spurs. Of course, Spurs are going to beat us to fourth place in the fucking and get yeah. the Champions League spot, which is ruining all our lives right now as James. we speak. I have to say, you're very lucky not sitting next to Boyd because his mood is so dependent on the Arsenal scores. <laughs> and he actually said that to me before he leaves. He goes, I'm going to go and watch the match. Depending on if they win or lose, I'm going to be in a bad mood tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, completely. And so that was that was um, fascinating. And they showed lots of clips of new stuff. I have to say, the most fascinating bit was The Devil's Hour, which is this new thing from Hartswood, the people who make Sherlock, etc. Et Tron Traveller's Wife. Yeah. Um, and it's got a fantastic cast, Peter Capaldi, Jessica Rain, Nikesh Patel. And it's look and 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 um Peter Capaldi plays this kind of, he seems to be a serial killer and he's like the possibly the incarnation of the devil. Who knows? I mean, mm. you know, you can take that <laughs> title, whichever <laughs> way you want. But that did look fantastic, I have to say. And they had a panel discussion as well. And great to see Peter Capaldi Question, uh, forth. Is it a two parter? I know it's more than two parts, okay. Fine. It's going to be, I don't know, six, seven, eight, something like that. Uh, what else happened? Squid Game. Do you see the Squid Game thing? No. They have said, so the creator of Squid Game, Huang Dong-hyuk, has said that the show will be returning either tail end of 2023 or beginning of 2024. Oh, wow. So... Okay. There you go. A little bit of a little bit of chronology for Squid Game the next season. Uh, what else has happened? So, so Yellowstone is a, is, a, is a ridiculous beast of a thing at this point that everyone in America watches. 1883, which is the historical prequel thing, will be with us on the 22nd of June because it drops on Paramount Plus along with everything else. That week is going to destroy all three of us, incidentally. So you know this. But they've just announced <laughs> Yellowstone 1932, which is kind of a between the first one and the current one is another prequel series but this one is going to star wait for it Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren wow I mean Yellowstone is just it's incredible this thing is an absolute phenomenon isn't it it's unbelievable yeah I mean, it's the draw. It is a phenomenon. Taylor Showdown, I mean, he is a brilliant talent, Taylor Showdown. It is about fucking time. As they always keep saying that I really do need to watch some of this stuff. But the thing is... And because it is a phenomenon. I still have kind of episode one problems with because I watched the first possibly one or two episodes of Yellowstone and it was for me like Brothers and Sisters with Stetsons. Like it didn't feel like it was essential television. I love television. Brothers and Sisters. This doesn't shock me. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, like it didn't feel essential. Was Asian Sally Field? Uh-huh. I have no problem with Sally Fields or Ohio Foods for that matter. But <laughs> it had Rob hater. Lowe in it for fuck's sake. He's a hater. I watched like, I, I watched, I want to say two, possibly three seasons of Brothers and Sisters. So yeah, I did what I did used to watch it back in the day. But uh, but yeah, so Asian I will actually watch because it's, you know, set in the past, Cowboys, good stuff. Uh, but yeah. Uh, 1932. Frankly, if you got Helen Mirren and, and Harrison Ford, that's probably enough to get me to watch it. Harrison so. Ford, like how, how he was supposed, you know, he was supposed mm. to take the role in the staircase. Yeah. Um, I remember you saying yes. Yeah, I was listening and, to and that bit when you said it. Amazing, what? <laughs> he was meant to star in exec producing, producing, didn't? Mm. But he hasn't done much TV, has he? He is one of the few. What's, what's he doesn't he need to, does he? Well, no, of course. What I'm saying is not. But you know, like Julia Roberts is doing stuff for um, Prime Video, mm. etc. But uh, is Harrison Ford done any TV? I can't think. If I'm missing something, like proper, like I'm sure he has streaming. I'm sure he has done, but I can't. I can't remember. He's popped up. But this is proper. I'm going to look. I don't think he has. I'm going to look. Other than doing a fantastic interview with Ryan Gosling and. Oh, Alison yeah, Hammond Alison on this Hammond. morning, which yes. was fantastic. Yes. That was still funny. makes me laugh. I, even I know that. Oh, wow. What what what's what's the presenter's name? Alison, Alison Hammond. Hammond. We just said 
And Kay just said. This was for Blade Runner, right? Yes. Yeah. And she's the one who laughs uproariously at her own jokes, right? Well, well she got him to drink scotch. They were drinking yeah. scotch and they were having a laugh and he actually smiled. He broke a smile. He loved it. He did. He loved yeah. It. And yeah. he came back. Into, she, actually, I interviewed her and she said after, after they cut, he left and then he came back to say how much he enjoyed it. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, for Harrison Ford, that's a really big deal. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I interviewed Harrison Ford once and he was cl- quite clearly very relaxed on the marijuana. <gasps> uh, really? Yeah. What? 100%. Can you say this? Well, I mean, he can sue me if he wants. He's, right. known, he's known to be. I don't think. I don't think he hides the fact that he is a consumer of of um, those herbal cigarettes. Right. And he was unbelievably laid back and relaxed. That's what you want, though. Oh yeah, no, he was literally. <laughs> you need like, that. But like, I was like a slight dilation of the pupils. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Doctor Boyd diagnosed it. Yeah. Fine. I don't think he's going to sue us, James. But you know, you can I mean, is it, does want. he listen? Do we know? And I don't think he listens. <laughs> Harrison Ford on. was on Gunsmoke in 1972. There oh, current go. then. Very yeah. current. There you go. Yeah. When so, we interview him, when we interview him for this podcast, I'm definitely going to ask him about the interview that I did with him when I think he was on the wacky backy. Yeah, see if he remembers. Incredible. To say, I know who this presenter is because last week tonight did a montage of crazy shit that she's done on TV. She is incredible. And she's, it was honestly, funny. It was funny. She's funny such shit. a brilliant presenter, and she brings out the best in everyone. Yeah, she's brilliant. Okay, good. Any other news? Um, Sky announced the TX date of the Lazarus Project. Which yes, is very which is Joe Barton's new show. Joe Barton, mm. um, legendary writer of Giri Haji, okay? mm-hmm. who I believe is a frequent listener to this show. Oh, hi. Um, and it stars Papa Isiedu from I May Destroy You and Gangs of London fame. Who's brilliant. He was at the, the Sky lead. Launch. He was there. Right, mm-hmm. for Gangs of London. Of it. Yes. I may or may not have seen um, trailers for this. Well, I've seen the <laughs> actual trailer because they released it this right. week. A legitimate trailer for right. Gangs of London. It looks really good. I've seen mm. the trailers, not yeah. the actual trailer. Um, it's a very, it's a fascinating high concept time very timey wimey um mm. concept of basically he suddenly w- realizes his, his life is being replayed yeah um, on a loop and then on a loop exactly and then yeah. up, but then there's a whole ramifications of that and caroline quentin is in it in what i consider to be a brilliant bit of casting as the kind of head of this lazarus project thing whatever the hell it is we won't spoil what it is mm. so but it's about putting right things that we go are rolling, isn't it? Yeah, but that's, but that's the setup, isn't it? We can say this, the setup is that okay. it's about right. putting right things. So presumably he will go back in time to speak to Sky executives and HBO executives <laughs> and inform them of the horrible mistake in stopping the town traveller's wife yes. after six oh, episodes. Oh, I like, like it. Like that's that's I what this like is about. It. Very good. That's yeah. one of your best insights. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline you. Quentin was also at the launch. Ah, it was really good. Right. And I have to say, she. James, she's in the other one, the comedy I was telling you about, which, and she's which, got a brilliant role. Uh, Holly Walsh is... Oh, God, she's Hilarious. so annoying. Uh, anyway, uh, and she's Aunt Dawn in that, so she's having a real mm, moment. She is having a moment. I, I like her on Yeah, Caroline she's fun. Quentin. All right, are we done with news? Clearly you want us to be done with news. I mean... Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Sure. Yeah. Right, okay, that was, <laughs> that was news. Let's move on to this week's reviews, and first up this week, we, of course, must begin with a long-awaited return of the Hawkins kids, who you'd be forgiven thinking are all in their mid-40s by now, as this show's been away for so long. Uh, Elle, you may or may not remember, moved to California with Will, Jonathan, and Joyce at the end of season three, and this season begins with Mike poised to go out and visit her. The gang are still into D&D, of course. Uh, And once again, reality proves, shall we say, a little bit more freakish than the role-playing game. Now, this is the first part of season four. It's not the whole part, so the rest of it drops in July. And, And this is a thing that Beth, I'm sure, is thrilled to be missing. Every single episode of this season of Stranger Things is feature length, which is fucking wild. Isn't that right, Boydie? It is. I was, I have to say, I was 
quite taken aback when I cranked up episode one. Very excitedly, I'm a fan of I am a fan of the show of Stranger Things. Um, but when I cranked up episode one of this new series, and it was like 75 at least minutes, and then I cranked up episode two, and that was like, oh, hold on a minute, that's like 70. I think through four, I think it's even longer. Yeah. All my, so it is. I find it incredible, right? I think it's great. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. Beth is always furious that we have so much time to watch anything beyond an hour, and she literally will refuse to watch it. I mean, even an hour is a lot. Even an hour, anything over 25 yeah. minutes, and one can she's only, not happy. You know, I'm with her. Yeah, I mean, it's fair enough. There's too much for everyone to watch, but I consider that to be a bonus. The more, if you love a oh, show, yeah. then the more. And I'm amazed they didn't make more of it. I would have, if that had been Netflix, mm. I would have trumped the fact that these are like a season yeah. of mini films, mini movies. Every mini single movies, one every is single feature one. length. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing. I also think it's a good thing that this series they're much more split up. So there's mm. various things I would I would say different are, are, are different in that you've got one character, some characters in California, some characters still in, um, in Hawkins. In Hawkins, thank you, in the Midwest. One character's in Russia, is all we would say. Um, I mean, that, again, that, even that's not a spoil. Everyone knows about it. You've all yeah. seen the truck and trailer. It was at the end of the previous It was at the end of the previous yeah. one, exactly. And and I think that helps. I think the different, the intercutting between these different locales, if you like, mm. and these different kind of storylines and characters gives it a different feel a fresher feel certain characters are growing up faster than other characters I would say uh, one character gets in with a very dodgy like um, crowd of jocks you know who, and that's a fascinating turn Eleven um, is really interesting like she's almost like hardly even communicative in this in hardly like almost like non-verbal form yeah. hardly has any lines of dialogue and I would say the first three four episodes I've seen four and she but she's still a massive presence and she's she's in this new school this new situation and frankly being bullied and it reminded me a lot of Carrie there's a lot of Carrie I yeah. think in that storyline, which is interesting, of some, you know, a young woman with kinetic powers, telekinetic powers, who, and she, and dealing with being a kind of outsider, regardless of freak by her fucking stupid, annoying classmates. And I found that very intense depiction of that whole idea of someone being bullied. And she's brilliant, obviously, Millie Bobby Brown in that role, absolutely fantastic. Um, there are echoes in the, in terms of there's a whole new monster, so to speak, who's much more of a kind of like a, a kind, a, a much more of like a Nightmare on Elm Street type yeah. vibe. It has um, echoes, a lot of echoes. A lot of echoes. Of Street, There's yeah. echoes of Halloween, I would say, bits mm. of as well. So in all the... Obviously, this is a show... The whole premise of this show, and it goes back to the pitch document. I wrote an article about it for Heath Magazine this week, Kay, which you may or may not have read. I um, did. <laughs> <and> the, <laughs> in the original pitch document from the Duffer Brothers, who created the show, they actually emphasised that half the whole point of this is that it is going to be inspired by and a tribute to mm. the legendary films that inspired them of the 80s films of Steven Spielberg, of Stand By Me, of Stephen King adaptations. It's not like, not only they're not hiding it, it's kind of the whole point of the show. Is, so yeah. when they have sequences in this series in this new one which are unbelievably close to some of those things and there's one science of the lambs moment that have you got that far yet i mean that is literally like a recreation of a science of the lambs and again no spoiler but i loved it it's like they, they're literally going yes this is part, part of the point of this whole thing is that we pay tribute to we we kind of almost half pastiche half celebrate classic films that we love and it's kind of lovely i i, I love the way it's they the do joy it. Of it yeah it's part of the joy of it mm. so and it's beautifully filmed. I think, you know, we often say of um, cinematic TV that is the whole point of this podcast and peak TV, whatever the fuck you want to call it, in the streaming era. But even in even within streaming era style shows, like the first episode, particularly when they, when they particularly the California shows, they remind me of like Licorice Pizza, that beautiful, like almost like Twilight, Golden hour type cinematography, um, incredibly well directed by the Duffer Brothers and the Sean Levy, I think, directs episode four really well. It looks incredible. Mm. It's unbelievable. 
unbelievably imaginative the way that um, they move on from previous storylines and create new storylines and new settings and new situations. There were some things I think I actually thought the Russia stuff didn't work so much for me. I was slightly irritated by that storyline. If, if I could, my, that would be my one qualm about Why this. Why were you irritated? I guess I found it. I didn't mind the. There's a whole extremely tenuous and far fetched um, ha- way in which one character tries to get in touch with another character. Is all I'm going to say. I'm trying yeah. to spoil it, right? Which, but I could deal with that. But the sequence is actually set in the kind of gulag of Russia. I found quite. I don't know. I mean, funny. Of, you know, I'm about to say that, that, that stereotyping Russians as being the enemy. You know, especially funny. You know, they made this before the fucking war <laughs> broke out, and Russia decided to destroy another country. So it feels actually, if it, no one's going to complain that Russians are stereotyped, but it felt a bit. I don't know. It just felt a bit unoriginal, and I found that whole. I just found that whole. All most of those scenes a bit irritating. Just that's just a very personal preference. But that's literally my only qualm with the four episodes I've seen so far. Of the, I think they've given us six. Mm. Um, and how many are dropped? We don't. Do we know how many are no, dropping in part this is one? A slight bone of contention for me. I have asked. I did ask the lovely people at Netflix <laughs> <laughs> how. So we, you know, it's, this is being split into two chunks, yep. as they did with um, Ozark mm-hmm. um, and other shows I've done recently that I can't remember. Um, and this is this, the second. The first part goes out on Friday, twenty seventh. The second part not till the first of July. But they won't tell me what the what the split is. Whether they're showing five episodes because there's nine. Whether they're showing the first five, then four, six, then four, four, then six. No, well, I don't know. They haven't told me yet. But maybe sure. by the time this goes out, we will know. Indeed, we do now know because it broke after we'd finished recording. But the first seven episodes are going to air with the first volume of this. And then the final two episodes, eight and nine, are going to be the second volume in July. It's worth noting that episode eight is now in 25 minutes. Episode nine is two hours and 30 minutes. So a mega bumper finale, episode nine. But that's going to drop in July. Back to the show. But um, they wouldn't they wouldn't tell me how many episodes were going out in this first chunk. But so far, so good. Um, it's just a, it's just a brilliantly conceived and beautifully made show with incredibly lovable characters. The core, you know, yeah. the teens that, that who who get more room to breathe yeah. now that they're split right. up. As you say, when they exactly. were a big gaggle, I felt some of those personalities yeah. were lost. Whereas now it feels like, especially the older kids, yeah, definitely feel more fleshed out. They have yeah. more to do, and actually, are, are I hate to say it's sometimes more fun to spend time with as well. I would say so. Uh, yeah. So I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Now, Kay, obviously there are a lot of episodes of the Kardashians, so you couldn't possibly <laughs> have found the time to watch Stranger Things. So well, you oh, went on a crash have. course in Hawkins yes. look, I this agree week, with didn't ev- you? Look, I agree with everything Boyd just said. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only time you'll ever hear me say that. Right. No, right. Um, the, the, tr- yeah. the truth of it is I have never watched Stranger Things. And I left it to the very last minute to watch it before we did this, um, thinking it would be a shortish episode no. and then found out it was very long. Anyway, I watched it while simultaneously looking at the synopsis for the previous three series mm-hmm. and it was so mind-spangling that I didn't even know what to do with myself afterwards. So all I can say is I did enjoy it. It's very well made. <laughs> I love the nostalgia aspect of it, the soundtracks, etc. Very good acting. Um, but I don't have a lot to contribute other than that because it's such a mindfuck if you haven't <laughs> seen it, the I previous mean, series, is. right? Yes. So, um, But I did find the L presentation quite... It was like a presentation from hell when she's getting bullied. I found that very uncomfortable. Mm, but Yeah, it was distressing. So, it? Yeah, it was yeah. very distressing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. There's so. a, I just remember there's one to mention as well. There's a scene, I mean, that's all fair enough. There's a scene in episode four where the, the music, because the, the music, I love the, the soundtrack choices. They're not, as you said, they have talking heads um, at one point, Psycho Killer, which they use brilliantly. And the best, but best of all, though, and I think the best deployment of any single song in the whole history so far of this show is Kate Bush running up that hill. Yes. Which, oh, you haven't, that's in episode four. Oh, isn't it? In maybe the they first did episode. briefly earlier. Maybe I think they, they might do. do. Yeah, I think it's they do. It's a whole, whole thing in episode four with an extraordinary use of the a remixed version of that and of the instrumentation. It's fucking brilliant that's and that sequence is amazing as well in episode four that's all i'm gonna say because no spoilers yeah no i can't disagree i thought it was great it was lovely to have this show back i'd forgotten how much i liked it i mean you could say you can argue it's not doing anything enormously new to what it's done before like it's very much a spin on what it's done previously but it's different enough that it feels fresh and i think because we've discussed the change of location the slight re-emphasis on the characters and the fact they're all quite a lot older i mm. think fundamentally changes what this is there's some interesting flashback moments we see a little bit more there i was quite interested in how they did that actually because yeah. obviously the flashback you see millie bobby brown right. as she was in season one so i can only assume that was unused footage um because I was like, because de-aging is not that good. Like, <laughs> there's no way that was de-aged. I, I so. assumed it was de-aging. I think. I think. The, I think the advantages in de-aging. They must yeah, but I. But the thing with that, it's not just about like you know smoothing out a few wrinkles. Like the fact with her, she's a half the size she is yeah, now, and like true. she's just minute because she's a child. It so. was very smartly filmed, though, wasn't it? I haven't gone back, but there's lots of shots like from behind. Her, that's true. That's true. And there's one her. bit where she turns around. Yeah. So I wonder whether they did some CG compositing. I bet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're getting uh, into the we're getting into now, yeah. guys. This is why I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Zoned out. I was like, yeah, what, yeah fair what, enough. I mean, but yeah, and that flashback was, was very good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that, but you interrupted yeah. me. Sure, yeah, that's fair. Sure. Uh, the one thing that did bother me in the, I want to say, well, I can't remember if it was the first or second episode. Let's just say, I'll be very vague about this. There is a point where to disguise a character's location, they reroute a kind of a phone call through a thing to try and so they can't be traced. Yeah. Uh, in response to a communication. Yes. And I'm like, the communication was sent to your fucking house in the mail and you are making this call from me. They know where you live. Why are you trying to disguise your location? This doesn't make any sense. And it bothered me so much. I was almost screaming at the television. I don't know why, but that really really bugged the shit out of me that's part of that whole storyline that I found completely ridiculous <laughs> that's all I'd say but yeah. yeah so I mean the whole thing is absolutely preposterous but other than that <laughs> other yeah. than that I really enjoyed it very much enjoyed Joseph Quinn as new character uh, called Eddie Munson who is the leader of this Hellfire Club which is a big old nerdy D&D &D club that they join and I have to say they do such an amazing job with it. There's a bit in the first episode where they're intercutting between a high school big basketball game and these nerds playing Dungeons and Dragons. And fuck me if they don't make the Dungeons and Dragons look a thousand times more exciting <laughs> and fun than the championship basketball game. Like, there is so much theatricality to the way they do it. The return of Lucas's sister, who is brilliant in this. And I just, I loved, I loved that D&D sequence. I thought it was spectacular. There was a lot of showmanship to that. It really made me want to stop playing Dungeons and Dragons was, with someone. So if you too would like to join my health Fire Club, we should Amazing. do that. It was really clever, and you know what? Because what there's also a, really, a brilliant. I think that whole storyline, touching on Dungeons and Dragons, where basically some fucking idiot is, is, is thinks that someone is involved in something. I'm trying not to spoil it. <laughs> and the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing blows up into like people are like, oh yeah, this really is leading to actual people witchcraft. But and, that was the thing. And that was real. That's that was, was a real say. thing. That was a real thing. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. And I remember it very clearly um, in the in the late eighties because I remember and I remember being in America in the nineties even when I you know I lived. There for a year and there, people freaked out about Dungeons and Dragons people are oh they really they, they thought people who played D&D &D worshipped Satan yeah, essentially and were sacrificing people and, 
and, and they touched on that really cleverly, I think, and they use yeah. it very, very well. It's yeah. that kind of hysteria. People, yeah, people being hyster- hysterical, moral panics is what they're touching on there, and it's really, really effective and interesting, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's brilliant. You know, my, my favourite, my MVP so far, I love Maya Hawke. Oh, she, she's, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, Could really comes into her own this she season. She plays um, Robin, who is, um, she She kind of, she's with Steve just all the, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of like a double act in the yeah. previous Yeah, and they work in a video store together and now. And now they work in a video store. They yeah. used to work in ice cream. Chips part. Ahoy. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's not in, it's not completely unoriginal to have a video store, isn't it, as the setting? But they use it so well, again. You know, like Quentin Tarantino worked in a video store and Kevin Smith and all that. It's a kind of obvious thing to do, but it just works brilliantly. And she is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I think that's very true. Well, that is Stranger Things Season 4. And that, of course, comes to Netflix on Friday the 27th of May. Of course, just the first indeterminate number of episodes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with more to follow in July. Next up this week, we have Big Boys on Channel 4. And this one stars Derry Girls' Dylan Llewellyn, who plays Jack, a boy just heading off to university while still mourning the recent death of his father. Tell us more about this one, Kay. <sighs> This is um, a semi-autobiographical series. It's based on uh, Jack Rook's award-winning Edinburgh Fringe shows. I don't know if either of you have seen them. I have um, And as you say, um, Dylan Ewellen plays Jack. He's a closeted gay nerd who's grief-stricken. He heads to university, um, so it's kind of a coming-of-age story, and he is going to come out. He's exploring the gay scene with the help of his friend, Danny, played by John Pointing, who I think was in Plebs. Um, and yes. And he was in late period plebs. Late plebs. Late plebs. <laughs> yeah, so the late, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he plays the character of Danny, who is his housemate. He's a bit older than um, Jack, and he's a bit of a lad, but also um, is a self-confessed ally llama, which made me titter. Um, <laughs> and he. So the first episode is Freshers' Week, um, while Jack is while Danny's busy like picking up chlamydia leaflets and tampons as a way of luring ladies. Um, Does that work? I mean, he's optimistic. Right. He thinks anyone, any women who come round to their <laughs> dorms, he can give them tampons. Um, and Jack is kind of edging towards the um, LGBTQI society, and he encourages him. So I really loved this. I think it. I thought it was really well done. Um, it kind of touches upon the humour comes from the unlikely pairing of those two characters mm. um, and also the awkwardness that comes from that first few weeks of university when you're either uh, well in the case of like Jack trying to figure out who he is you know um, and in the case of Danny just sort of shape-shifting to fit in and being like this lad who wants to like cop off with loads of girls but is obviously going to be quite unsuccessful even though he is cute um, so yeah I, I really liked it I thought at first I was not buying John Pointing's character Danny as this kind of lad who would then be also be encouraging of, Dan, uh, of Jack to find, you know, like to kind of come out and he's giving him really heartwarming advice and stuff mm. like that. So, mm, would he be doing that? But then I realised I was just being a bit stereotypical and actually this was a bit of a laddie guy who had high EQ and that's fine and he was really sweet. And so, yeah, I thought it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, put, I think part of the whole idea of it, isn't it, is that it's surprising that this yeah. very laddie guy, yeah, seemingly yeah, yeah. laddie guy, is, is in fact a sensitive, heartwarmingly um, decent guy who literally is helping um, every having every step of the way, um, Dylan Llewellyn's character. I think he's great. I mean, I did like. Impl- he kind of plays a similar character in Plebs, actually. A kind of more of a more of a doofus, a kind of sex girl obsessed doofus. Um, and he's kind of ten- tempers that a little bit in this, but he's very well cast. So mm-hmm. I think the two of them bounce off each other really well. Um, but also to have the the, the other Camille Kaduri as his mum is brilliant. From, from him course, and her, yeah, and King Gary. Uh, yeah. Camille Kaduri is a fucking legend yeah, and Doctor she's Who. Great. 
Let's not mm. forget. Uh, she's an absolute legend. I've conducted many a Q&A with Camille Kaduri and she Hi. always delivers. <laughs> she always delivers. She's fucking hilarious in real life as well. And she's brilliant. Because part of the whole idea of this, I think, as well, is the fact that he's dealing with the death of his dad. Yes. So he um, is going through the two, the kind of twin challenges, if you like, of his mm-hmm. sexuality and dealing with gr- the grief because he was very, very close to his father and that. And again, that's all based on on his real life experiences, isn't it? Um, so she's brilliant. He's quite quite eccentric mum who loves, like she's DIY, DIY obsessed, obsessed <laughs> all of that. And the other brilliant bit of costume, Katie Wicks, who of Stuff Let's Flats fame and many, Katie Wicks is fucking brilliant in everything. She's amazing. She's got a brilliant book out, by the way. Have you read Katie Wicks' book? Yeah, she's got a brilliant book about all kinds, kind of a, a memoir that's supposed to be amazing that I need to read as well. I haven't read it yet either myself but she's a book club boyd yeah we were a book club she's a phenomenon she plays this brilliantly observed mature student who has never left has been at the you know she's clearly like you know you know 30s i don't know early 40s now by now and she's this like completely obsessed with the university life and she's the head of the student union she's the student union yeah and and it's fantastic and she's brilliant that's so well observed i remember that from my you know early days university these people who are these people still hanging around (laughs) after all these i'm talking about mature students that's fine but just people who've been there and never leave. And that that is fantastic. And she's so funny in that role. Absolutely brilliant. So it's got this little kind of gang, if you like, mm. of funny, very well-observed characters. I just thought the the gags worked really well. I thought there's a high joke rate, as well as it being quite moving about, you know, dealing with the grief and all of that. And mental health issues, actually, because um, that's the other thing about yeah. the character of Danny is that he's obviously going through something and it kind of alludes to it, but we don't know what it is yet that he's yeah. taking medication for. So, mm. yeah. Right, exactly. So I think, you know, and um, I've seen... Jack Rook, the, the, who's, who's the, the writer of it, talking about, you know, how he kind of, you know, in some ways, you know, he's milked it for comedic value, but he's done a great job because it is really funny all the way through. And it and it has, it, I think it has that Derry Girls, Derry Girls, Derry Girls quality to it of very, it's very confidently knows when, when to have the pathos and the moving stuff, but always, there's always a joke around the corner, mm-hmm. like 10 seconds later. And I think that does that really well. There's a hilarious episode is it one or two I've watched the first two episodes where they go to a gay club in London episode one yeah it's, it's absolutely hilarious they're more kind of dealing with the reality of that situation so I think it's great as well yeah it's very good it was educational I never knew what a dark room was so yeah found that mm. out yeah. Well, I you don't, you don't mean in a photographic sense, no. No, not at all. Okay, I don't think I've. I seen wouldn't that suggest you go to Soho looking for a dark room. James. <laughs> right, that's okay. all I'm saying. Good if, to we, know. if we're plunged into darkness right now in this room, which does happen when the lights that's go off, that's true. Yeah. Then it's not. It's different to that. <laughs> yeah, right, very okay, different. it's different to very that. Different. That's, that's, that's yeah. important information. Yeah, I think you're right. It does. It walks that line, doesn't it, between kind of an interesting, kind of dramatic take on a subject and comedy. My main issue with this is I didn't find any of the comedy funny. So, but <laughs> oh, I am geez. I am self aware enough to know that problem probably rests more with me than it does with the writing on this show but yeah I, it didn't the comedy here just didn't quite sink for me it didn't it didn't land I, I didn't find it annoying particularly but I didn't, which is something but I didn't find it funny can I either. ask what's your idea of like what's your ideal comedy because I actually haven't I don't know that's that's a complicated question without a simple answer and as Boyd mm. often points out oh, Boyd is often absolutely baffled by the things I do and don't find funny yeah because it seems to be just just, wildly no, on, the, on the hop now just one Derry thing Girls I find Derry funny oh, fine. Yeah. Okay, I, might, so I find it funny Generally, I yeah. quite I like quite arch, dry, sarcastic humour, like Not obvious humour. Yeah, but like, but like my go-to's in childhood were Blackadder, Fawlty Towers, Red Dwarf. Like that was my okay. kind of teenage years comedy basis. But I'm very much one where I like I I find the heightened absurdity of pure comedy quite irritating. I prefer comedy that's rooted in drama. So I think The West Wing's brilliantly funny because the comedy comes out of a dramatic kind of you know mood baseline. Whereas I think if you start at like hyper real silly comedy, uh, the comedy doesn't quite 
perfect land Fine. for me because it feels silly, if that makes sense. Yes, it Yeah, does. fresh it meat, does. I think, is hilarious. So I really enjoy that as well. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I like fresh meat an awful lot. So there are there are comedies that we watch on this show and occasionally. I'm like, this is amazing. Feel Good, I thought was really good as well. Yeah. But then Feel Good was about, you know, it, it was the dramatic side of that. I think, again, really helped with the comedic stuff as well. So maybe that's where that appealed to me. Mm. But uh, much as I enjoy this being a therapy session for my <laughs> lack of a sense of humour, uh, that is, of course, Big Boys, which airs on Channel 4. When's it air, K? What? When's it air, Boyd? <laughs> We don't automatically know when everything is just because yes, you do. Work for yes, you do. I do because I, I have my yeah. <laughs> and you're Channel looking 4. at Heat Magazine yes. at the moment Thank on God the Big I Boys found, page. Thank God I found the new issue. Channel Four Thursday twenty sixth. Okay. Thursday twenty sixth seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. Seven o'clock. <laughs> not seven o'clock. No <laughs> dark rooms at seven o'clock. It's all sort of falling apart. <laughs> well, I know it's Channel Four, but they're not that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right. Finally, this week we have season two of The Flight Attendant, the one-off limited series that has now yes. become an ongoing concern. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco returns as Cassie, the hostess with the mostess, who now works for the CIA because, of course, she does, uh, and gets embroiled in a whole kind of to-do involving a job in Germany, a dead mark, and a doppelganger. Uh, Boydie, how does this hold up to the original not-so-limited series? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, one, we, we do get annoyed when a limited series turns into a non-limited series, which kind of happens all the time. I think in this case, it's absolutely fine. It makes total sense because they, they what they did with, it had the whole mystery of the first season of her waking up next to this dead yeah. body and all the way through she's effectively solving the mystery herself, trying to solve mm. the mystery herself. While seeing Michael Husband's ghost right. appear to her in kind of weird... Exactly, fantasy. Dream sequences. Dream yeah. sequences, yeah, exactly. And it made sense for them, in the, the, but the masterstroke was in the end for the CIA to come along and go, oh, I think she'd be good working for us as yeah. an asset. Yeah. So she's not like a full-time member of the CIA. She's still working as a flight attendant, but as a side job, as a side, what do they call it? A side, side hustle. She's a, side side hustle. hustle. She's a side civilian hustle. though, isn't she? So that's she's the a civilian, thing. Yeah. yeah. She's a civilian, but she's still working for the airline, but she's secretly an asset and she, st- and she, and she is, gets given mysteri- mystery jobs by her CIA go-to fellow. And, and the first one is this mission where she goes to Berlin to work out what's going on with this the person they're suspecting and it kind of makes sense it's fine it, it just mm. works really so I, I have no absolutely no problem at all with this show becoming a returning series because she can even have a different mission each time and she's just a brilliant character and I think um, she's uh, that immense I'm trying to find a better word but I can't immensely likeable relatable all those tedious horrible words that we use lovable even but she's just created this brilliant character you know obviously with the writers that yeah. she performs so well in this series instead of having um, the dead corpse um, talk to her she has herself she has incarnations of herself getting annoyed with her so she has visions of mm. like multiple versions of herself <laughs> Because she's in recovery. She's in recovery. The whole point is she's an absolute yes. hot mess, as yeah. Terry would like me to describe her in the first yeah. season, mm-hmm. where she is basically a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. She is now on the wagon, but she is visited by like the spectre of her still drunk drinking self, yes. who is very, very snarky. And I have to say, like I, Big Bang Theory takes a lot of shit, and frankly, rightly so. She is a phenomenon in this. Yeah, and and you can 100% see, well, like they made the first series, Limited Series, and they were like, they realised what they had on their hands in her, that she is so expressive and so funny, so likeable, but just the way she transitions from new Cassie to old Cassie to alternate Cassie in the same scene with herself and gives them all sort of rounded expressions and mannerisms and personalities. Like, it's an incredible bit of acting. Yeah. It really well, I thought she's just driving force behind getting the series made as well. Mm. She's that producer. I, I think, she? Oh yeah, I think she's like, you know, I need to get this, I need to show everyone what I can do. And, and she really has. Vehicle for that. But the casting is off the scale of this series mm. as well because you've got I, Zosha Mamet who's in the first season yeah. as a 
best mate is phenomenal as well. I'm I would be perfectly happy to see a whole show about her and yeah. her character and the boyfriend together. The boyfriend. Good double act, brilliant, yeah, brilliant double right. act. She's you know she's taking going down a whole new career path. There's a hysterical scene in episode two where she goes for a job interview and tells them all what for. <laughs> yes, it's brilliant. Uh, May Martin's in it and is absolutely phenomenal as her, as her new colleague. In she was just a flight attendant as well, and they are there's all kind we get to see more of their lifestyle. Yeah, and that's fascinating and brilliant. And I just love May Martin and absolutely yeah. stupendous performance mm-hmm. and just brilliant casting. Shurag Dashlu, yes, your favourite Christian Amasarala from The Expanse, the greatest character in the history of television. <laughs> yes. I was so yes. stoked when she walks stoked. in as Cassie's sponsor. Stoked, man. Yeah, she is Cassie's sponsor, and she's got her. She puts her incredible gravelly voice to brilliant. She's the use. best voice she has the in gr- the world. Best voice, and she does have an extraordinary voice. Um, Cheryl Hines. Cheryl Hines from Curb. Absolutely, Curb. I mean, what can you say? The whole thing is dream. And Sharon Stone mm. will be popping up. I haven't seen her yet. She. Be popping up as um, Cassie's mum, and so it's and I, I think the new mystery is really it's fascinating. The characters are brilliant. It's funny. It's that it's a it's one of my favourite but really difficult genres to get right, which is the kind of comedy thriller yeah. thing. But it manages both really well because you're into, into the storyline, you into the mystery of what the hell's going on, and her, her investigations are really compelling and interesting. But she's really funny, and so I'm loving it. My, I get I have, but I do have one my one qualm. So Rosie Perez was in it. It was in the first series, and she's still in it who's her kind of one of her mates again a fellow flight attendant at work and they've kind of sidelined her and they've given her her own separate job that she's getting embroiled with in another location and it feels a bit too much tack- no it just feels a bit tacked on and a bit like mm. they haven't really worked out how to incorporate Rosie Perez's character into the general and it's fine to have a kind of side plot line, mm. a, sub, a subplot basically but it's not that interesting a subplot yet and I feel like it's a bit annoying that they haven't just kept her in the main body of the action for me because I love Rosie Perez generally um, So, but that's my only qualm generally I, I'm absolutely loving it again Okay, I thought it was hugely entertaining, I really enjoyed it um, The I have got a really pernickety small thing which you'll both disagree with me there's a moment when she's um, having to follow her mark and she, uh, well, no, the, her handler, which, by the way, I think the dynamic between her and her CIA handler is really good. I don't know the actor's name, but I think that's going to be something that builds and I mm. really enjoyed that. But anyway, she she's told not to, she just observed this guy. Don't do anything. Don't follow him. Mo McRae. Um, Benjamin Berry, CIA agent who serves as Cassie's handler. Oh, thank you. you. Um, and uh, yeah, she's told not to follow him, not to do too much. Don't get, you know, don't interact with him. And she obviously just ignores all that because that's Cassie. Um, and she follows him, but she's wearing a bright red mm. coat. And she follows him at probably at a distance of maybe half a metre. And for some reason that just bugged the hell out of me. <laughs> I kept on thinking, Amazing. like, because it's, it's so stupid. Of course you're going to get caught doing that. And I know it's part of the comedy, but yeah, yeah. it's a bit annoying. And then me. she is deliberately terrible. I know, <laughs> I know. But still, it just bugged me. Yeah. Do you no, understand no, that? No, James, no. I thought you'd be I on my it. side with yeah, that. Yeah, like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very much a stickler for points of yes. procedure and spycraft. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, look, I, anyway, I have I to say, it. Yeah. I enjoyed this more than the first series. I really mm. did. And I think part of that is, yeah, the I first series is a, is a very clear mystery. But I, I found, while I thought she was brilliant, like the fact that she was a complete fuck up, making terrible decisions in the first one. I, annoying after a while. It got annoying after a while. Mm. Like it wore on me a little bit. And in this, I really like the fact that she's got her life together. But I like the fact that she's having conversations with her fuckwit self and those two bouncing off each other are just 
brilliant and I really enjoy her like this whole thing where she's just like before she's she's you know drinking a lot and she's a flight attendant but in this she is so like properly energizer bunny excited to be doing this CIA stuff that she's like oh this is so exciting like and she's so enthusiastic about it it makes it incredibly likable mm. uh and and it's just yeah I, I bounced straight from episode one into episode two of this I couldn't stop watching it uh just just so much fun so even though when they did the first one I kind of rolled my eyes very heavily when they said they no were going to turn this that. no, no one, one wants, wants that I'm surprised James you haven't got RSI from your eyeballs well yeah I mean there was a lot RSI of eye rolling. of the eyelids yeah was, the eyeballs I think eyeballs. Yeah. I was like no don't do it don't do an ongoing thing but actually they made the right decision mm. I really think they did so this is smart and I absolutely could see this as an ongoing concern now assuming they stick the landing with this particular season which let's hope they do but uh, yes great stuff then The Flight Attendant Season 2 which airs on he says trying to look it up in real time Skymax now Thursday 26th of May 9pm Exactamundo Boydy yes that is right what else is out this week well James there's the huge and long awaited return of a legendary character to a classic franchise Fine. yes Silent Witness <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sam Ryan played by Amanda Burton right. remember the very early days Mandy B and Mandy, Amanda Burton the, 25 years this fucking show's been going I know we talked about it last week and it's back and um, it uh, starts on Monday and runs on Monday and Tuesday I don't know why we mentioned last week is this Monday and Tuesday is it? yeah oh. um, so that was premature last week it is this Monday and Tuesday and um, yeah it's very exciting for Silent Witness fans there's also Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, that starts on Friday on Disney Plus but as you mentioned earlier yeah. we have not been trusted entrusted K Mm-hmm. with screeners for this trailers let alone screeners nothing yeah well also Fair bear enough. in mind we record this podcast on a Thursday we will not have seen it by Thursday no. next week because it airs on, on Friday, Friday so we might have to work out yeah. some way of doing, doing that what are you going to do with a spoiler special world for Empire uh, it's a source of it's lives just, it's, ruined yeah not least of all because we're in some ridiculous work training session all day on Friday as oh, well dear. so it's a whole shit show oh, I don't even know how dear. we're going to navigate this or whether we're going to be reviewing I mean, it I don't think Disney here, Plus know what they're doing with this <laughs> yeah, they say. haven't taken our training they into account they not taken it into account I don't account. know what's happening so there's that um, there is Wu-Tang uh, an American yes. saga season one yes. on Disney Plus yes which is the drama based on the creation of the Wu-Tang clan that's right I mean I don't know yeah I mean that's obviously core James viewing <laughs> there is a really good actually um, BBC Three comedy called Prue P-R-U which stands for Pupil Referral Unit and is about um, a bunch of 15 year olds who are um, who have issues and they're sent and they're at this school there was a pilot of it a kind of about a year ago I think which was really good which I saw and that's supposed to be a really good series that starts on Thursday on BBC Three I want to mention Ricky Gervais's Supernatural which is his the film of his last big stand up special mm-hmm. that arrives on Netflix on Tuesday um, huge deal for, yes DK, I'm excited about that yeah for um, Ricky fans and I think that might be about it. And uh, safe to say, there's always a new episode of the Kardashians as well. Now, James, I've got a proposition before I go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. How about yeah. we do an analysis of an episode of Kardashians together? I mean, come on. You know, it as, makes sense. Much as I would, of course, love to do that, that would break the fundamental tenet of this podcast, which is your weekly guide to every show. I'm talking about a separate matters. podcast. Which uh, <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. We'll just do it for fun. Yeah. You uh, and me. In keeping a room. up with the Kardashians. That's it. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll make cool. it happen. A separate podcast. We'll all right. All right. I'm in. Good. <laughs> good. Uh, what is our pick of the week? What is this? What? What? We have a pick of the week. We have a pick of the week. Of the three. Of the three. Yes. What is your favourite? If you will watch only one thing, what will it be? Or do you just say collectively we choose one? Well, you two, you two will decide, and then I will overrule you and tell you what it is. Go for it. 
God, the tension's building. Yeah, We've is, never had this is. much tension Drawing though, this out. of the week. I'm going to go for flight attendant. The flight attendant. Mm. Okay, Kate, yeah. the flight attendant. Mm. Boyd says... I am going to say Stranger Things. As you, I think I'm going to quote you, you reminded me very quickly of how much I love that show. Yeah. I think I'm I'm also a Stranger Thing in this particular case. Well, yeah, yes. you're definitely a Stranger <laughs> Thing. James. Yeah, uh, but but generally, generally, you know, I would go flight attendant was pretty pretty solid pick as well. So. Oh yeah. Excellent stuff. That is it for this week's show. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, then please do show your appreciation with a five-star rating on the pod platform of your choice. And be sure to follow us on our social accounts at Pilot TV Pod and each of us individually at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton and at Kay Ribeiro. Have you enjoyed yourself today, Kay? Has, oh, I've loved it. Has it been, has it been the fulfilment of a live stream to be on the Pilot TV podcast? It, do you know what? I've had a surprisingly good time. So thanks go. for having there me. There you go. Who have enjoyed thought? It. Spending thought? hours and hours with Four two hours with James and Boydo. <laughs> TV nerds. Yeah. I feel like I need to shave my head now to be part of the crew. Feel yeah, free. Yeah. Feel free. I'll do that. We're Live stream. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Whilst reviewing the Kardashians. Well, next week, next week, uh, Beth will be back from the Quasette just in time to see... Uh, Danny Ball's Sex Pistols drama I'm suspecting hopefully Obi-Wan Kenobi if we can find a day that we can fucking watch it uh, season two of the boys which we'll have seen but won't be able to talk about um, and then uh, the Midwich Cuckoos which Midwich we definitely. should be able to talk that's about that's the only one I'm, conf- I'm confident yeah, about I think yeah. you'll see that I've yeah. seen it already. So okay, I've oh, watched the you've watched the trailers. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, obviously, having spoken to the boys, not only will we have Carl Urban on the show to talk about that, but but we're also welcoming <laughs> Supernatural star Jensen Ackles, oh. who joins the show. Oh. And as I'm sure you can imagine, I was able to think of uh, one person in particular who was very. Very interested in maybe getting some time with him. So uh, to find out how that went, be sure to tune in next week. And in the meantime, I'm going to go and sit outside and wait for Theo James to pop into existence from the future (laughs) with my remaining episodes of The Time Traveller's Wife. Pilot out. (laughs) 